What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radio Feeny, episode 88, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello, and sitting across from me in the digital space once again is John Swansong, Pumpkin Spice Parker. Thank you. Uh, please uh, cut out that cold open because I don't want all the Vado heads to come after me. Don't worry, we'll uh, cut it. Thank you. Yeah, we'll cut it. But we were talking about uh, Cincinnati, <clears throat> Ohio, and uh, before we get any further in the show, who day, baby? Day Zach baby. is wearing a, uh, a Bengals jersey, and he's showing it off to me. Um, he's uh, <laughs> he's fully bought in. How do you feel, AFC North division lead right now? We seem to be the uh, yeah the the number one right now, which is uh, it's rare. This is a r- weird feeling for uh, Cincinnati fans that waking up on Monday and uh, feeling good about our Bengals and feeling really awesome about the season so far. It's fucking great, man. Probably been know. a while. Can you um? I'm looking up the standings currently. Yeah, go for it. Well, I want to say talk a little bit about the game this weekend. I do want to talk a little bit about the game. So, hey, welcome Nerdy Pop Culture Podcast, you know, movie sports. We're going to talk a lot about today. We've got Dune coming up. We've got Bond. We've got DC Fandom and the Uncharted trailer, plus a whole bunch of news. But first, John and I are going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) My favorite, uh, my favorite Cincinnati team to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Actually, uh, I probably would go with the Reds, but. Fair. The Bengals more are history, hot right though. now. Bengals yeah, are hot. Bengals are the hot hand. And uh, yeah, we just blew out the the Baltimore Ravens. It was like 44 to 14 or whatever the final score is, 44 to 17. Yeah, you, you all kicked their ass. You are currently tied with the Ravens for the division lead, though. You're both 5-2, and two, but yep, you have the that's tie. Right. You have the, the tiebreaker so far. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamar Chase is on pace for the like highest yardage rookie season in the history of the NFL or something like that. Probably their franchise as well. I'm not entirely sure about yeah. the NFL as a whole in history, but that sounds that sounds correct. He's um, on pace for an ex- ex- extremely ridiculous rookie year, and then follow up with Joe Burrow having his second year after the major injury last year. Like having yeah. the Bengals be so good right now, and let me tell you, John, this was a bummer of a game for me because we won, but I missed it because I was dead. I was, he was finally, a little pig boy. I was a little pig boy. Uh, We went to a concert on Saturday night with a friend of ours and uh, what up, Paul, shout out. And uh, we we got, I I was drunk, but not like crazy drunk, but I just coasted off beer the whole night. If you know that you weren't crazy drunk, that means you were really actually drunk. I guess. Yeah. And so (laughs) because if you're really, really drunk, you throw up and you feel better the next day. True. Yes. And so that must have not happened. No, it no. So I, uh, you know, I felt, you know, I felt good. John and I have often talked before. If you know me, you know, my, my title, my autobiography is I should have had one then switched to beer yep. because my biggest problem is mixing at different types of alcohol, but I got, I've learned to stick with one. You got to stick with one and ride it out, ride the light on that one. You know what I mean? And yep. so it was just all beer all night, PBRs, Millers. Uh, I had one or two sour beers, which I'm worried are what did me in. I don't know. A lot of sugar there. A lot of sugar. That's true. But uh, welcome you know, to alcohol science featuring uh, <laughs> John and Zach. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great night. Had fun. Good concert. Jukebox, the ghost Halloween show. Shout out. They played all the hits. It was great. And then uh, fucking yeah. Sunday morning, I woke up violently ill and had to drive like an hour and 45 minutes back from Columbus, Ohio, back to Cincinnati. And I had to pull over on the side of uh, I-71 to yak in a Sunoco or whatever. And, and then I got home and yak some more and dry heaved and it was it was it was atrocious and i ended up falling asleep in the first quarter of the Bengals game and then i woke up and had to check the score 
And I just like, I, I wanted to like wring my own neck. Cause I was like, I can't believe I missed this game. I can't, yeah, I couldn't believe is, it. I was so mad. Is, I, um, I really feel for you, man. This was probably the best Bengal game I've ever seen. And, uh, I, <laughs> I like called and texted you. I was like, eh, he's not answering. He must be working. <laughs> and, and then you told me you were asleep. I was like, well, uh, speaking with the dark ones. No, yeah. I, I still think that, you know, this game was awesome. I, I watched all the highlights, you know, caught up on all the news coverage today, all the reporting. It was it was really cool to just wake up and see the social media buzz for like, oh, the Bengals, the Bengals are actually good. They're good. Like people re- recognizing that we're good. And then um, I still think that the, you know, I'm so glad I was able to witness the comeback game this season against uh, it was uh, who was it? It was a couple weekends. Ago. It was Vikings. Couple, was it the Vikings where we came back in the second half and just like decimated them or whatever? That's what I thought. I think that was one in overtime. Yeah, we won in overtime. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That was a good game too. But um, um, yeah. So anyway, Bengals. We'll talk about you know whatever. I mean, but I just wanted to bring it up for the uh, no the fucking radio nation is that you know I might not get this chance again. This might be the highest um, we shoot since the last time we recorded. My Tampa Bay Rays have fallen out of the MLB playoff race. So I'm uh, currently contemplating drowning myself in Lake Erie. (laughs) Um, the Buccaneers are doing good, but I'm not really a Buccaneers fan. Um, sure. the Browns are four and three, so they're third in the division. So just like hometown wise where I live, uh, people are still optimistic, but they have like five starters injured. So yeah, we'll see how, we'll see how lucky they can hold out for Yeah. The Browns are, the Browns are banged up. I got an actual fantasy question for you before we actually move into pop culture stuff, even though football could be pop culture, right? popular culture popular culture um is baker mayfield droppable in fantasy should i just let that let him go i was holding on hope for him to be a good backup qb i still had him i drop him you drop him because it sounds like he's gonna have like i don't know when he's coming back yeah well he's stefanski said that he's like he wants to play this weekend even though his left arm is basically like degrading (laughs) it's like biodegradable he just has to he just has to catch the ball with his throwing hand and then throw it yeah, I guess. But if he gets tipped over like a cow and falls on his left arm or whatever, like, yeah, that thing's going to break off like a Twix bar. I don't know, man. I think if Pat continues to have a rough season and your backups Baker Mayfield, you're not in good shape in the quarterback position. What is happening to Kansas uh, City Chiefs right now? What I'll is trade happening you, uh, with the Chiefs? They, I'll trade terrible. you Taylor Heineke if you want. <laughs> Taylor Heineke for Patrick Mahomes one-to-one? Straight up? No, 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 not for Pat Mahomes, but for <laughs> oh. somebody else. Just if you need a quarterback. No, I'm not going to steal Pat Mahomes from you. I think you should still hold on to him. Oh, like, I'm keeping him for a while. It's just he, I need to see like finally weeks had of bad production. Like he's, he's every, had a couple down ones. I mean, every great quarterback and, and athlete of all time has those patches where it's like, oh, they're washed. You know, they're done. People start doubting them, and then like he's just going to come back slinging. It's like Steph Curry and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm worried the Madden curse is catching up to him, man. That he's been on the two of the last yep. three Madden covers. There, uh, he's either gonna get hurt real bad, or he's just gonna like fade into obscurity. I'm really scared. Hopefully, it's not either of those things because I have I Travis so. Kelsey, and if he doesn't start catching some touchdowns soon, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, like I like I told uh, Larson in our group, uh, our fantasy football chat. It's like it's like the Harry Potter prophecy. It's one, mm-hmm. can, you know, one can live, can live while, while the, other the other survives. And Pat yeah. Mahomes is directly responsible for the performance of Travis Kelsey as well as Tyree Kill. And so, yeah. if my guy's doing bad, guess what? Your guys is going to do bad too. So you should be rooting for me in a in a in a little, little bit. I know, I know. I um pulled out the dub against Drew this week, which was congrats. 
Thank you. I was sweating it towards the end there. Like Kyler Murray, every time he has the ball, I'm just like, Jesus, he's going to, he's going to put up <laughs> some points. And then uh, Cardinals somehow... are the only undefeated team in the, in the league right now, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the Buccaneers are going to go to the, the Super Bowl, though. So Nate's going to owe me $5. If it's, it, tell you what, if it's Buccaneers, Bengals in the Super Bowl and the Buccaneers win, I uh, I might just cryogenically freeze myself because <laughs> I don't know if I can handle Tom Brady if, like if giving my, the middle finger to the city, city of Cincinnati. Plays your city in the Super Bowl, we're crazy. gonna get blitzed. <laughs> we're gonna we should go. <laughs> we should go. That would be great. Yeah, tickets are only like a million dollars to go to the Super Bowl. Ah, fuck days, it. But... If the Bengals go to the Super Bowl and I'm still alive, I should probably go because I don't know when that's gonna ever happen again. You should at least be in the city where it's happening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yeah. And then try and scalp something or we like beat somebody up and take their ticket. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Radiovania. Uh, if you've never listened to Coming the show Coming up before, next, <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> headband or no headband? We're going to talk about every game this week in the NBA. Right after the break. This week's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> DraftKings, the official sponsor of Radiovania. Bud Light, quench your thirst. <laughs> Rocket Mortgage. No, all right. I think so, we could do. I think we could do sport talk radio, um, really well. Like, imagine if we were like sports broadcasters, but like in a bumfuck town in the middle of nowhere, where it's like we can literally <laughs> say whatever we want because there's like two listeners. I'm thinking like a uh, what London, Ohio, <laughs> Salon, Ohio. We're the number one sports cast in London, Ohio. <laughs> uh, well, um, thank you for joining we'll us. Welcome back episode. to Pass That Pitcher Till It's Gone. Pass the pit. Oh, it's a podcast all about MLB, but it's Pass the Pitcher Till It's Gone. Do you think there's, that's got to be a thing, right? We can't Trademark have just invented it. that. Cancel the show right now. We got to go TM that. Yeah. Can play. you go, can you look up on GoDaddy and see if that domain name is available? Cause I'll buy that right now. Pass the right. pitcher. Pass the pitcher till it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Radiovania. As always, you can email us questions, comments at radiovaniashow at gmail.com. You can tweet the show at Radiovania. You can go to radiovania.com to watch all of our old videos. All of our old podcasts are listed up on there. All of our old DCEU and review episodes. You can go from Man of Steel all the way to the Suicide Squad if you want to. You can catch up on all that content. Um, you can also support us on that page if you feel like we're worth the money. Uh, there's a little subscribe page on that uh, radiovania.com site where you can drop a couple bucks. And, you know, it'll, it, all the money that we get from that goes right back into the show, whether that's paying for John's John's a USB bundle or <laughs> yep, or paying for the GoDaddy domain for pass the pitcher till it's gone. Uh, pass the pitcher. Yeah, pass the pitcher. All of your money goes right there. And, and we thank you guys for listening. Uh, like I said at the top, we got a big show today. It's actually really thick and it's kind of... <laughs> You know, maybe we did a disservice to ourselves by spending the first 20 minutes talking about the National Football League, but you know, say la vie, baby. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll start setting timers once we get into like actual dis- discussion topics, but you know, we don't, we don't live in the same town. We don't get to see each other that's true. That's very true. often, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. What are they going to do? Stop listening right now? <laughs> we haven't even talked about anything yet. That's true. That's true. Just put I mean, in, um, just if they're put bought in, into are, this point. Yeah. What are those things called? Um, time codes or whatever time codes yeah i i don't know do you want to be here's a question john do you want to be like the time master for this episode because i do have my i'll be the time master okay i have my laptop up but i mostly have it up to like look at 
to look at numbers and stuff. So I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that we're, we're doing a good job. Cause like I said, at the top, we got a lot to talk about. Our, our big topics today are going to be Dune, Bond, DC Fandom, and the Uncharted trailer. But then there's a lot of extra stuff there, but we are going to be very clear about spoilers versus non-spoiler stuff. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to have to have like a definitive cutoff for when we start talking about each one of these movies. And I'm going to try my best to like jot down notes for time codes for this, even though that's going to be incredibly tricky i'm gonna try my absolute best to do that um i appreciate that your name is duncan idaho i just saw that <laughs> my boy my boy <laughs> all right but yeah i'll, I'll keep say? track i'll keep track of the time i'll run some stopwatches and uh you know this is all great behind the scenes yeah, look for for, sure. for everyone right. that's listening currently yeah we're a very we're a very transparent podcast yeah we you gotta see how the sausage is made you know? yes um, so what do you say we start with a little bit of spice and worms? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Is that how, how you say was, it? I think it's Villeneuve. Yeah, I watched the I've video always, with him. I thought it was Go Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve? That's what I've heard. Okay, so, so no offense. I don't, want, I don't mean any offense. But he says his name very, very quickly. Like I, I watched like behind the scene. There was a variety video that they just posted about the scene breakdown of right. um, like him in the, I want to call it the sept, but that room that he's in with the box. And uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, hello, my name is Denis Villeneuve. And he like says it like in like half a second. And I'm like, oh, God, stop. So I mean, he's like French. It. So yeah. yeah, they just say um, things really quickly like that. Um Yes, anyway, it was released. Uh, our guy released, Dennis released on October twenty second, twenty twenty one, on a wide theatrical release. It was also released the very same day uh, to HBO Max. So if you were a subscriber of HBO Max, you could watch this at home, or you could do what John and I did, which is actually elect to see this movie in the theater, <laughs> risk um, my life, and uh, risk our lives. Yeah. So uh, well, we did it. So that you're you welcome, Denny. <laughs> yep. Um, we are trying to solely fund the sequel. Yes. Uh, it was, as far as I can understand, I mean, it was written and directed by Denis Villeneuve, but uh, I mean, it's based off of the book by Frank Herbert, correct? That's the author's correct. name? Correct. Uh, and that is You're one a, for one right now. I'm one for one. That's a classic. I mean, it's a classic, highly regarded sci-fi novella. Um, yep. 1965 novel. Um, it's like 600 something pages. And, and I would a, know because I read the whole book like two days ago. Yeah. So that's the first thing the I want to say is yeah. uh, like John read the whole entire Dune book in the lead up to seeing the movie. I did not. Um, I, so I, I wanted to know, like, before we get off into the impressions in the movie, like, what were your, what was your excitement level going into this? Obviously, Dune was a, you know, you had interest in reading the book. Was this something that you were super interested in hearing? You obviously wanted to know about the lore before going into the movie, right? Yes. Yeah. I um, I want I I always like to try to give credit where credits due, and and this book has been out for so long, and I I do feel like this movie is going to become extremely popular, and um, I wanted right. to kind of I wanted to kind of do it the right way, and it's, it's kind of how I justified it. Not that it's a wrong way to go see it without reading, sure the book. There are tons of people that prefer it that way. Um, but I yeah I just I kind of wanted to to finally break down and do it because it's been on like my reading list since I was like. 16 you know what i mean like 
people that in my life that are also sci-fi fantasy fans have been like, have you read Dune? We read Dune. It's like, no. Uh, so finally broke down and read it. I started it like this summer, fell out of it once I was moving. And then uh, it became, uh, it became Friday night and I was supposed to go see it that night. And I was like, well, I have 400 pages left. So uh, thankfully I was able to crush through that. Yeah. You made it though. I mean, congratulations. I I'm going to yeah, give you a round of applause here on the show for making it through the book right on the day of the movie. That's an achievement. Thank you. Thank you. I had, um, never mind. I was about to out myself on my work ethic, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> so Dune um, 2021 yeah. had a production budget of roughly $165 million. And remember, traditionally, double, double that to figure out what the actual movie's break-even point is, because usually a movie will spend about the same amount of a production budget as it does on its marketing. And I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think that they marketed the hell out of this movie. So I almost wonder if it's more than the production budget. Yeah, this movie, I've seen stuff like for this movie since like July. So, And not just that, but like where I've seen it, like they played a first look for the movie, like exclusive looks on like Sunday night football. Yep. I've seen trailers on for like Hulu and you know, promotional material all over YouTube. the website. YouTube has been sponsored, adding this thing all over the place. Uh, so I think that this movie spent way, a lot of money on the marketing for it. And, you know, they obviously want this to be a, they want this to be a hit. And we'll talk about that when we get to like our impressions of the movie, but they're really pushing the marketing as this being the next big sci-fi genre film, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to talk a little bit about the budget right now and the, and, and the box office is that a lot of people are worried about the, the hopes for a sequel uh, because Denis Villeneuve uh, kind of got, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but the general consensus is that he kind of got a little screwed over with Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite films of the last decade. Uh, clearly, he loved that universe very, very much, and that movie did not succeed financially and kind of killed any hope for like a sequel to it. Um, would you watch we, another Blade Runner movie? Yeah, I'd watch another Blade Runner movie for sure. I love that universe. I think that universe is fucking fascinating. With Harrison, I don't know if you need because, like, spoilers. Like Ryan Gosling's dead at the end of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could just recast him because he was an android the whole time. But yeah, you could. I mean, just do another story about another Blade Runner. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be tied to that universe. Rebecca Ferguson as the Blade Runner. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah yeah um yeah Enhanced. so i've got a couple articles up here that i want to kind of read so this is the first one that came out and this is a this is when you know it's serious is when the ap writes about a movie because <laughs> the ap uh, legitimate news they're not they're not writing about film very much but on october 24th which was yesterday uh we're recording this on monday the 25th so we just gotten out of the weekend like the release weekend so we're just now kind of starting to see the rubble of what's happening after the box office has like kind of settled down uh and they wrote quote Denae Villeneuve's Dune debuted with 40.1 million in ticket sales in its opening weekend in North America, drawing a large number of moviegoers to see the thundering sci-fi epic on the big screen, despite it also being available to stream in homes. Warner Brothers launched legendary entertainment production simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. Uh, when the studio first charted the course for all of its 2021 releases due to the pandemic, how the strategy would affect Dune, one of the year's most anticipated spectacles, was always one of the biggest question marks. Uh, Villeneuve vehemently protested the decision. So this is a story that I think we talked about a, a long, long time, time ago. ago. 
Yeah, it was he was in the same camp with people like Christopher Nolan that were not happy about the decision to make a lot of these theater theater ready projects go straight to to video on demand. Still haven't seen Tenet. That's so wild. We got you got to watch Tenet. We got to talk make about Tenet. Me. I already watched. I'll so pay we you twenty dollars to watch Tenet. Off, right, you're supposed to praise me because I did like six new things this past week. Oh, that's right. We didn't talk yeah. about the things that you've done. Well, we can fit that in after the movie discussion. We'll fit that in. Sure. Um, quote: I strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen, no matter what any Wall Street Dylanet says. Dylan Tante says, I think is the end quote. Villeneuve wrote. Yeah. Just like who talk, just who talks like that? That's so funny. He, he very seems, proud Frenchman. He's a very proud Frenchman. Yeah. Um. But anyway, the 165 million budgeted Dune marks the best domestic opening of any of the studio's hybrid releases, surpassing the 31.7 debut of Godzilla versus Kong in March. Expectations had hovered around 30 to 35 million for Dune, so this broke the expectation by about five million, five plus million dollars. Um, yeah. People seem to be, you know, they seem to be very, pretty satisfied with it. And uh, financially, I guess so far, we, and we're still just kind of, the dust is just settling, like I said at the beginning. But then earlier today, uh, Variety wrote a very interesting article called uh, Data, Dune Opening Weekend HBO Mac Viewership Top Justice League and In the Heights. And so I kind of want to break down some of this. Um, apparently, Dune was viewed on HBO Max by 1.9 million households. Thursday to Sunday, a figure higher than compare than the comparable opening weekend HBO Mac viewership of post notable day and date Warner Brothers films like Zack Snyder's Justice League and In the Heights, which both also debuted on Thursdays. Uh, so opening weekend viewership, uh, Dune comes in second place with 1.9 million. Do you know what was first place? Did you take a guess for Warner Brothers? Warner or- Brothers HBO Max day and date release films. Hmm. In the, the Heights suicide? was in. Wait. Oh, um, The Suicide Squad. Yeah, you were right. Okay. The Suicide I Squad. Rem- I had to remember it was a Warner Brothers movie because it was yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> the, suic- the Suicide Squad was viewed by 2.8 million households, roughly. And then uh, Dune comes in second place with 1.9. So. Well, about half. But still pretty, uh, still pretty substantial. Pretty I fucking mean, substantial. Here's the thing: is like Dune, like if you weren't on board from the marketing, like stumbling across, it's going to be pretty hard to do. It's pretty inside baseball. I mean, it's like yes. Just wait till we talk about the lore. I can't wait to yeah. have you try to pronounce some of the <laughs> the names. I was butchering shit on the phone after after the, the <laughs> night of the movie. I called John and I was like, "Hey, I wanted to get your surface level opinion," and I was like. Who are the Fennec people? Tell me about the Fennex. And John was like, what? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah. Some of the things in the Arabic names either. Like those are. Just... <laughs> yeah. Right. Some yeah. things to uh, also compare it up against. There was a chart for opening weekend viewership of Warner Brothers films on HBO Max. Wonder Woman 1984 in its opening weekend had 2.2 million uh, views in that, how- in that day. That was the first, right? First that was one. Day. Yeah, that was the first because that came out uh, December 25th in 2020. I watched that on fucking Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever. Yeah, I watched it on Christmas Day as well. Um, Mortal Kombat released in the early part of 2021 had 3.8 million household views over the first Friday to Saturday, Sunday. Not bad. Ter- but it was goofy as fuck. But like, yeah. And then there's other things that range in all around on here. Like 
the the James Wan Malignant movie had less than 0.8 million people watch it. I so wanted like, to see that really bad, and now uh, it's not on HBO Max, and so I'm not going to watch it. Apparently, it's not very good. I've That's heard, unfortunate. Yeah, for not very good things. But okay, you so know, anyway. Not all those Blumhouse movies hit, to be fair. No, that's no. Why, that's why they make so many of them, though, is because each of them is like a million to make them because they just like buy a house in the suburbs for like three weeks and then yeah. they film principal photography and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, when you have a horror movie, horror horror is the most lucrative business in the filmmaking genre right now because you could spend 20 million on a project and see triple, quadruple that investment. So, and that's why you see so many like horror producers and directors get picked up to do these big budget Marvel movies is, and like studio releases is because they can prove themselves with horror. They can make an actual film and then you sign them on to do a $200 million comic book movie. Yeah. And then they start introducing nine villains in the same movie. <laughs> so Dune. And the last thing that I want to touch on before we talk about our surface level opinions and spoiler free right now, it's sitting at an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes with 337 critic reviews and a 91% audience score with 2,500 plus verified ratings. John, what'd you think of Dune? Completely spoiler free. All right. Uh, let's, let's start this conversation spoiler free just by saying, I think, I think this is a really beautiful, well-shot, well-directed, well-acted movie. I really enjoyed um, my time seeing it in person at the, the Silver Spot Cinema in Orange Village, Ohio. Shout out. I had a delicious penne pasta while I watched the, uh, the movie because they serve wow. food. Pasta and Dune, that's a recipe for sleepy time. <laughs> no, dude, I was, I was riveted. <laughs> and I had a uh, strawberry mojito. It was divine. Mm, that sounds um, good. Yeah. I feel like I should be talking like uh, like Michael Pena and Ant Man. So I had the strawberry mojito; it was divine. And then I watched Time Timothy Chalamet. It came up on the screen. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. It's very true to the book. Um, it enhances kind of the perceptions that you form in your mind when you read a book without seeing any images. Um, and I really sincerely hope that it makes enough that we get a second half because it does end slightly abruptly. Um, yeah. It is. At the beginning title card, it does say part one. I don't think that's too bad of a spoiler to no, reveal. No, no, no. But I actually think that might the, help some people's enjoyment of the movie. Yeah, this is the first a little over half of the, the first book. Um, right. And yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it again. I have only seen it once, which is the first time I saw it. I haven't had time to revisit it this weekend, but I'm excited to watch it again. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my surface level spoiler free stuff. Definitely, if you can and you're willing to and you feel comfortable, go see it on a big screen because it's it's quite the spectacle. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in uh, in IMAX, IMAX 2D. The 2D, it, my ticket said the Dune, the IMAX 2D experience, um, and I was like, hell yeah! And then I saw the ticket price, and it was almost like eighteen dollars for a single ticket, and I was like, sheesh. <laughs> and I really had to think about the fact that I was like, man, I could watch this on HBO Max included with my subscription. But I made the plunge. I went to see it in IMAX. Um, so yeah, let me just say that I mean, most of the spoiler stuff that I, most of the spoiler stuff I want to get into is you know questions about the lore and you know where we think the story is going but, but i do think that this is a great movie i think it's a i don't think it's my favorite villanue movie i still think blade runner and arrival are like top of the heap for me and then i think dune comes in slightly under both of those at like number three or four did you ever you see seen sicario i've never seen sicario but didn't dude you know, 
Sicario slaps. It's so didn't, good. Didn't Emily Blunt, Benicio del Toro. Hell yeah. Didn't Denis Villeneuve do um, Enemy? Oh, I don't know. Okay, that's a movie. Yeah. So if I if you need if I need to see Sic- yes he did. So if I need to see Sicario, you need to see Enemy. Enemy yeah, right after you watch The Irishman, no problem, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Enemy <sighs> Enemy was one of his first films, I think, and it was a, it's a it's not a sci fi movie. It's a very grounded uh, movie where um, Jake Gyllenhaal like meets his doppelganger, and it's a very cerebral. Right. Thr- I've heard of this. Uh, yeah, very good movie too. And I think that would come in like right below Dune. I th- but all of his movies, as far as I'm concerned, Villeneuve, and I've said this before, I said this when we talked about Blade Runner, I said this when we talked about Arrival, that dude is batting a thousand. Like I think that everything that he's made that I've seen is spectacular. Um, dude just has a vision for, v- he has a vision for visual storytelling. And that's the thing I think is the best thing about Dune is that, um, I may have had a lot of questions about the lore and a lot of questions about the story and the characters. Um, but just in terms of a visual spectacle, I think this movie is, this movie's doing shit that I've never seen before on, on, and on, on a movie screen. Like I think the, the environments are so rich and lush. I think the, the set design and the, the prop design and the practical effects are so ridiculously like detailed. Um, I had a spectacular time watching this movie. I uh, my crowd was kind of funny, and we'll talk about some of that stuff when we get into spoilers. Um, but my crowd was uh, very, very vocal for this movie, which is uh, interesting. But not usually, not in a vocal way where they were like ruining the movie, but they were just very like into a lot of the stuff in the movie, which is rare. Like this is the first time I've really had a crowd like cheer for a movie since maybe Endgame. I, I definitely think since Endgame. I mean, that was the last time I had a like a, a movie where a crowd like cheered for certain scenes in the movie. And I, I, I had that, I had that experience. And so seeing it on a giant screen with a great sound system in a, in a packed theater with a lot of people that were super into it, I had a great experience. Um, and I, I loved the movie uh, quite a bit. I, I have some crit- criticisms, um, but obviously, yeah. I mean, just looking at anything from a critical eye, you, you always have like some nitpicks, but like, I think as far as sci-fi goes, I mean, this and Blade Runner, it's like, I don't think anyone's making better sci-fi than this in the, in the 2020, in the 20, in the 2000s beyond. Like, I really don't think so. I think this, I think this dude just has a vision for what sci-fi is in our modern era. And I think it's so great. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I hope that there's a sequel. I pray that there's a sequel because I don't know how they're going to divvy it up. Like, I, I don't think this is, it doesn't sound to me like they want to do a trilogy. It really just sounds like they want to do part one, part there's two. Not an, it yeah, there's not enough substance left in the book where the movie leaves off for them to do a trilogy. If they do, that'll be like The Hobbit, which is. I've heard a lot of people say that they might take elements of Dune Messiah and make that the third picture. I don't think that's a good idea. I haven't I've heard, read it, but it I've sounds to me to like a lot of people really like that that book, the sequel book. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard that they like it because of the lore, but that it's like really weird. Like it, it, it does get really weird, um, and not in like a, I don't know, like a palatable way. Sure. So, I mean, if I walked away from this movie with anything, though, it's a sense that I really dig this world and these characters, and I'd watch. Sure. Which is why yeah. they have a, a TV show in the works too. What? 
Yeah, the Bene Gesset, the like the witches. As as far as I know, they're working on a television show for that as well. Is this a Denis Villeneuve project or is this somebody else? I mean, he'll probably be a producer. I doubt he'll be directing it. But if it's for HBO Max, you know, he might direct the pilot. No. You want to watch some Space Witches? <laughs> no. No. I want, to, I, I want this That's to Zach's be... least favorite part of the movie. Clearly. Yeah. We, okay. So, all right. So, we're not going to spoilers yet, but I do want to, I do want to lead something off with before we jump into spoilers. Cause I don't know how much we can, how much else we can say other than I recommend this movie. I recommend that you see it in theaters. If you can, if you want to see it on the biggest screen possible, see it in IMAX. Like this movie's fucking gorgeous. Like visually it's the best thing you'll see all year. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Um, Until but some- Toby Maguire. <laughs> on the silver screen. You want to know who I am? Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> just like any good story it starts with a girl <laughs> heck I'd, I'd take even him <laughs> um so do you recommend the movie do you recommend that people see it no i think it's terrible <laughs> yeah of course i think you should go see it i recommend it even if you haven't read the book um or if the premise itself doesn't necessarily interest you based on the trailers I think you should still give it a shot, especially if you don't want to pay for it, at least watch it on HBO Max because oh, yeah. they still get they still get revenue from that. So if even if you're like casually interested, just turn it on for a little bit. And um, I think, you know, I think you'll kind of just get fascinated with how rich the world is visually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here's the thing is that like I agree with that statement. And that's a good thing to bring up before we get into spoilers, like just in case anyone's listening to this that isn't sure if they want to pay the money to see it in theaters, like. If you have HBO Max and you can watch this for free, give it a shot because I do think it's slow and it's slow to start, but I think that it has, if you let it, if you're a little bit open to some slower world building, I think that you'll really get to enjoy the payoff that starts happening about an hour into the movie where shit gets like going. Um, It's not like Blade Runner. I think Blade Runner takes even longer to kind of get going. Would you agree with that or no? Are you talking about 2049? Yeah, 2049. I, I actually would not agree with that because it oh, really? opens with that really great, like, oh, glorious sure. bastard style sequence when he yeah. goes in to talk to Dave Batista. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, there's really no but after action that, in the movie until like, the first then like, After that, then it's minutes. like an hour and 10 minutes until yeah. the plot kind of thickens. But yeah. Sure. I, lo- I love 2049. We should do a whole pod on that. that yeah, awesome. we should. A Blade Runner in review. Yeah, we could talk about both of them, but yeah. uh, mostly about the second one. Yeah. We could rewatch all three of the. We could watch Blade Runner theatrical, the final cut, and the terrible cut with the voiceover. So I've seen I've seen three cuts of Blade Runner. Yeah, the ones that you mentioned. the 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 theatrical cut is really not that exciting. The one where Harrison Ford does the voiceover is hilarious because he sounds like he wants to kill himself. That they made him come back and yeah. like do uh do voice recordings. And then obviously the final cut is, is definitely the best. So Yeah, I've never watched the full voiceover version, but I've watched YouTube clips where it's like Harrison Ford wants to kill himself. Video he's like, montages. Yeah. He's like, uh, so a replicant is... Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's like a robot with skin. And uh, enhance. Uh, enhance. Enhance. Where's uh, my but- scotch? So the last thing I want to say before we transition to spoilers, because we're running long already. Spoiler, fucking surprise. Big fucking well, surprise here. This is the big clickbait. So yeah, this is the we'll, big clickbait. Um, we'll go faster with everything else. 
I don't know if you've seen these these trailers, but I've seen trailers online and TV spots on, you know, on commercials between Hulu shows and whatever on football, watching football. There's been trailers for Dune and it's like one of the quotes that they bring, you know, how on screen they'll be like, you've never seen anything like it. And it's a quote from some dude on a blog you've never seen before. It's the Boston Globe. Yeah, right. One of the quotes that they've been putting on the trailer for this movie is the next Star Wars and Lord of the Rings is here. Mm, and I, and I, yeah. And so like, I had that in my brain while I was watching the movie was like this oh, I trailer. See. I wouldn't, I would not do that. <laughs> well, follow, follow me here. Was sure. that I had that in my brain while I was going to see this movie. Cause I've seen that TV spot a thousand times during football and TV. It's the next Lord of the Rings and star Wars is here. And I'm like, that is a bad message to send that is a bad message to send to a casual audience yeah. because this is not Lord of the Rings and it's not star Wars. It's like, not, it's definitely not star Wars. And like the book, maybe the book is a good like hybrid of the Lord of the Rings book and star Wars, like, but like ideas, but this cinematically is nothing like those movies in a pop culture sense, just a purely pop culture sense. We're talking about the Lord of the Rings movies, Academy award-winning movies that are, infinitely palatable they might be like deep lore movies or whatever but like a general audience can get something out of those and enjoy it there's like relatable characters and very humanized humanized like plot lines and stuff like that and then you have star wars star wars is a family-friendly romp through space with comedy and some drama and twists and turns and stuff like that and dune is not that dune is no. dune is hard sci-fi this movie dune is, is like dune is like shakespeare in space yeah it's it's like it's like the boring parts of the kenneth branagh thor meet blade runner 2049 meets game of thrones it's like okay houses divided against each other it's familial drama it's self-purpose it's war within factions it's politics of a universe it's fighting for resources and wealth management and space management and land it's it is so not lord of the rings or star wars that i mean you might have that expectation because this movie is a lore dump like it dumps a lot of lore on you right away but i think i'm worried that i mean obviously the movie's doing okay 41 million dollars in a weekend is pretty good and like tracking where it is like i'm feeling pretty good about it but like not the message you want to send to people. This is not Lord of the Rings. This is not Star Wars. This is this is hard sci-fi. This is like more like Game of Thrones than anything else, really. Like I think it's very much hard sci-fi, and uh, and I don't think that everyone will love this movie. Like I think that if you give it a chance, you might really enjoy it, and you might find something in it that you like. You might not love it, but like. For people like me, people like you, maybe that have grown up on sci-fi, like I think that this movie has a lot to offer, but it's not, it's not Lord of the Rings. It's not, the movie doesn't end with someone turning the camera and say, let's hunt some orc. Like, it doesn't have, it doesn't have that level of like hype. Um, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's like, a, it's like reading a book. It's like cozying up next to a fire and reading a big book. It's like. You know, it's very dense with story and plot and politics. It's it's very very, it's very unique in that sense. I agree. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Spoiler free, and then I want to talk a little bit about spoilers. John, do we want to put? Do you have a timer set on your phone? Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, 
I got a little stopwatch going. How long do you want to talk about spoilers for? I don't know. You want to do like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes? Let's do 10 minutes. 10 minutes? All right. And go ahead. What was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, spoilers. Completely spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite part of the movie was definitely the uh, sequence of Jessica and Paul uh, doing the sand walk across the desert to evade the sandworm at night. And then it all goes to hell and then they start running <laughs> from it. And then you get to, you get to see it up close and personal, um, which I guess like they kind of got, they kind of spoiled it in the trailer, but it is still cool to see that sequence play out with like the, the really like intense music and stuff like that. So that was yeah. my favorite part. What about you? Uh, I really liked, um, I'm going to go with two sequences. I really liked the Jason Momoa hallway fight scene. Um, when he dies. Yes, the Duncan Idaho death scene. I thought that was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, just right awesome. I like too. Really? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I liked, I think this is my favorite Jason Momoa role. Like straight up. I told you this on the role phone. Role like, or performance? Both. Mm, I like him as Aquaman. Ah. I don't think, he, I don't think <laughs> that's his best. I don't think that's his best acting, but I like, I like him as that character. Okay. I like how much he cares about that character. Yeah, okay. I I feel, I feel that. I just really like. I think Jason Momoa is more of an actor in this movie than he is this in is any the other best movie. Acting, yeah, this is the best acting I've seen him do since Cal Drogo. For yeah, sure. he feels like he feels so much more human and grounded when he's not like throwing out one-liners and quips. Like he's actually kind of just being yeah. like a human being. Like, and I I found that cool and relatable. I really I'm like surprised that, he didn't say dress like a fremen. I dig it. <laughs> Redheads gotta love them. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that scene quite a bit. And then the other scene I really liked was uh, the the scene of them being held captive on the buzzard, like going out, and they mm-hmm. like he has to use the voice on yeah. the guards or whatever. I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> they handled the voice really well. It was very creepy. Yeah, it was um, really unsettling. And and seeing it again, like saying, like, please see this movie in IMAX if you can. Like the sound system, whenever the voice happened, like the whole theater fucking shook. Like I could feel my, the loose fabric on my jeans, like vibrating whenever the yeah. voice happened. It was, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, those, that those are my two favorite, like specifically favorite scenes. Um, yeah. Was there anything specifically you wanted to touch on, like spoilerish about the movie? Like, how did you feel? Here's my big question for you: Who did like, you think as... was gonna die going into it? Well, yeah, like, so because I knew everybody that was gonna pass away. Yeah, um, I can. So I can answer that. But while I'm answering yeah. that, I, do I mostly want to like. I mostly want you to ask me questions. Essentially. Yeah. Well, Mike, you know what my, I mean. Yeah. So I'll answer that. But while I'm answering that, keep in mind my next question is going to be: How did this relate to the book? Like. What was your impressions on the book and the movie side by side? It's very oh. accurate. The they spice up the dialogue, no pun intended, to like, you know, <laughs> spice. Thank you. Yeah. To kind of like fit in more with like a like a cinematic tone. Um yeah. and obviously like they add little sequences here or there. Like the one of my favorite sequences was the um the person watering the date palms and uh yes. Paul's like Paul's like he's like oh uh like i didn't think that they'd be able to live and he's like oh these aren't from here you know this is a hundred people's worth of water a day um it's like, that is like not, these are that gods. is like not a sequence that happens in the book but they okay. talk about the date palms and how much water it consumes but like having somebody there like telling paul that like oh yeah like putting things in perspective for him was really cool so i love the liberties that they took with that but otherwise in terms of plot and like even some of the dialogue having read it so recently like it's very very true to the book yeah the one well, thing t- is they um 
Dr. Kynes is a man in the book and they, uh, they had a, a female actress uh, play Dr. Kynes. So. Who is Dr. Kynes? Dr. Kynes is the, the Fremen who um, takes them out to visit. The ah, spice okay. Yeah. Oh, really? That's the a one. man. That's a man in the book. Yeah. The one who gets, cool. um, who gets murked when she's about to hop on the sandworm. Yeah. <laughs> I dig that death scene. That was a cool ass death scene where mm-hmm. she's like, hitting the ground and i was like yeah. let's fucking go in the book dr <laughs> kind so cool. just gets in the book dr kind just gets kind of like lost and stabbed in the desert and huh. like having a monologue with uh, his father <laughs> it's so it sounds weird. like they beefed up that character in the in the movie quite a bit definitely the death scene but like everything else is pretty accurate like especially the part um when she's checking out like their still suits and she's like oh you must have worn one before he's like no this is my first time and like, yeah and so the cool thing about the movie is the book has a lot of internal monologues. So like in italics, each character will like say stuff to themselves about like what the other person is doing. And in the movie, they added that language that they all like muttered to themselves that um, like the Atreides family doesn't understand. So that's kind of like how they tackle that stuff. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Another good scene I really, really liked that um, would be up there with my favorite parts of the movie is the the very first time they go out in the desert and it's Oscar Isaac, like piloting the buzzard and they're trying to like the sand crawler, like won't attach. Like that scene is just like fucking tense and it's super cool. And that's another, like you asked me, your question was, who did you think was going to die? Who did you, were were you expecting anybody to die or who was going to live? And like, that was one of those scenes where I was like, not knowing anything about the lore of the book or the the story of this world. I was like, fuck, I could see all these guys going out right now. (laughs) And it was so tense and really well done. And the worms are creepy, man. Like they may, it's like, it's like submarine panic. It's like jaws. It's like, you can see him in the distance. You hear the ground rumbling. And there's the scene where him and, uh, uh, Thanos are trying to run to the to to the ship or whatever, and they like they fall down. They fall down into the sand, and the sand is moving in such a way that it like covers up their wrists. And I was like, I was in the theater, I was like, oh fuck! Like I just like thinking about that, like that's like dreams that you have, like like nightmares, like not being able to move in the sand, knowing something's coming, and like having your body just like slowly sinking. It's like that shit's terrifying. Like it was that scene's really well done, and I love the the whole shit with the vision, like with that scene where he's in the sequence or whatever. And you know, you think it's happening one way. He seems to be tripping out on the dust. He's high on that juju. You know what I mean? And then like later on, <laughs> you realize that it's, Oh, he was having like a vision or whatever, but were right. you saying three minutes left or three minutes, three minutes, three minutes left. left. Oh, yeah. fuck. We might need to extend that a little bit, but okay. Yeah, so, I'll let you know. Well, you said you had more questions to ask me or did you want me to no. ask? You yes. Okay. So, based on where we are in the book right now, like what, how would you visualize where, where, where do we go from here? Because like what I really liked about this movie was, like I said, in the beginning, it's a slow burn. The very beginning of the movie, the first hour is like a lore dump. Like it's very much like here are the houses, here are what people are going for. What are they after? Here's the spice. What's the spice? What are the powers? What's Paul doing? What is the then, spice? That's the name of the episode. Yeah. Right. And then an hour into the movie, it's, Oh, here's some motivations and here's where the conflict is, is like where, where this movie could go in the future and like what things they could deal with going forward. And I kind of want to know where they end it um, is a really interesting thing. And we're going to have to go longer than three minutes. Cause I got to tell you about this, the, my theater, my theater experience here, but uh, tell me like how you're feeling about this movie as a, as a singular movie. And then where you think it's going to go in terms of a sequel. 
Well, I can tell you where it's going to go, but I don't want to ruin it for you. Um, but in terms of it as a singular movie, like obviously, I think it, I think it serves really well, but it, it, nothing's finalized by the end of it. And there's even like characters that like, I'm sure you don't know if they're alive or not. Like I know the status of them because I've read the book, but like the battle happens, you know, at the, the complex when they take over the Atreides like castle. And like, there's some main characters that are in a majority of the first half of the movie that they do not bring up in the second and third act of this film, such as Josh Brolin. Like, I mean, you might not even think about it, but like he like charges into battle and then you don't see that motherfucker for another hour and a half. And he's just like, he's not in the rest of the movie. So like, uh, I was, I mean, there's lots of characters like that, that you will find out whether they lived or died through that battle, hopefully later on in the next movie, or they might forget, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's the thing about them not making these back to back that I'm a little concerned about. Sure. Yeah. And I'm going off of this movie. This movie is very much to me like the Game of Thrones rules where no one's dead unless you see a body. Sure. So there's certain characters that I think are 100 percent KOA. uh, Mm -hmm. But then there's other ones where I'm like, ah, you I didn't see you die. So you're probably all right. Um, Yeah. They kill a lot of people off page in the books and you just like hear about it. So we'll see what they do. But yeah. Um, so I want to know your favorite performance of the movie and your least favorite performance. Cause this is a, like, a, just, I mean, just to set the, st- the stage here, this is a stacked ass movie. Like yeah. in terms of the cast, I mean, you got Josh Brolin, Davis, David Desmalchin, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, you got all these big name players, Rebecca Ferguson, all these big name actor, like Hollywood actors right now. Like who did you think gave, and especially I want to hear your opinion because you read the book, like maybe who gave who gave your favorite performance your least favorite performance and who was most accurate to the book in your opinion um i know that's a loaded question my favorite performance was probably probably rebecca ferguson um it's like a tie it's between her uh chalamet honestly really um okay which i mean they're kind of the two main characters anyway but my least favorite performance was Dave Bautista as a uh, Robin yeah, Harkonnen. A little bit of a um, letdown. Like he, I mean, he's not in a, it very much. So yeah, a little bit of an overacting scene where he's like, "Oh, could the emperor let this happen?" <laughs> I just um, thought that that was like, I mean, I bought that as like a villain monologue. Like I didn't think that was bad acting. I just thought it was him chewing the scenery. Yeah, I don't necessarily think he's a great actor in general. I think he does very well with certain bit parts, and like Drax is a really easy role for him to do. But like Blade Runner was probably the movie where I've seen him like act the most. You know what I mean? Like sure. The just that that part of Blade Runner where he like takes his little glasses off and stuff like that. You <laughs> just know teeny little like, glasses. Yeah, and they, they look like like ants in his hands. Um, I, I bet those glasses that, would be like this big on us. Yeah, the most accurate person to the book is definitely Oscar Isaac, though, as the Duke. okay. Or see that everyone's just firing on all cylinders. Um, Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron is actually really good as well. He he crushed it big time. But yeah, okay. I so wouldn't say I wouldn't right. say anyone recharacterized the the people from the book. Okay, interesting. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think my I think my favorite performance of the movie was Oscar Isaac. Um, yeah, just because he gives I, I know it's that's when he's shocker. like I wanted to be, when he's like I wanted to be a pilot. I was like. Oh, <laughs> <He's Paul Dameron. laughs> yeah, let's go. 
uh, I just thought he was very sub. He's he plays a very a very subdued character, which you don't really see very often. But there's a lot of emotion in his face. Um, he's just a very. Uh, it's cool seeing him be kind of like someone with responsibility because I feel like in a lot of his movies he's never that person. He's usually like the hothead or the guy rushing into the situation. But he kind of like feels like a weight of responsibility on his shoulders in this movie, and he feels like the father, like a father figure. Um, yeah. which I don't, I never see Oscar Isaac as in movies. And so, um, I really like that, that, that aspect of his performance. He also just looks fucking hot as hell. Like looks great. That beard. Oh my yeah. God. Come on. If Daddy. anyone was able to snag, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, um, it's Oscar Isaac. Definitely. Yeah. But he didn't marry her. Apparently that's the thing in the, in the movie, right? They don't, they yeah, don't it's get political. Married. They don't okay. get married to their, um, the, the, the Ben and Genesaret are, uh, like concubines and they, are there to assist specific rulers and potentially sire their children, but they are never usually selected to be their spouse so that the leaders of specific households can still get like arranged marriages for alliances hmm. with other houses. Interesting. But he's like, he's clearly like in love with Jessica and like, doesn't actually want to like get married to anybody else, but he has to keep that, that open for negotiations with like, other people and in the in the imperium or something yeah um but yeah uh i mean i don't really have much else to say about the movie in general like i the last thing i want to kind of talk about is zendaya mm, yeah let's talk about chani <laughs> Ch- chani is her name shani yeah shani shani chani they Chani-y. call her i feel like they call her chani in the movie it's chani yeah chani okay so um yeah, I, I'll just kind of tell my story and then you can kind of fill in the blanks here. So, oh, so shouts out to Javier Bardem. Yeah, his, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was thinking that like, is, I don't want to spoil too much, but that's a character that gets more love in the second half of the cool. book. I, I expected that, as I much. I don't think that spoils too much. It's very clearly set up that he's like Paul's guide to the Fremen, but. Yeah, he seems awesome. I love yeah, Javier still Bardem. Guard, still guard slaps. Okay, For cool. Sure. Yeah, my that makes favorite, me happy. My favorite character from the book. Oh, really? Hands, hands down. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see Javier Bardem in the sequel. Um, but yeah, Zendaya, right? Okay, so she's in, I would say, 98% of the marketing for this movie. She is <laughs> all one of the, of the marketing. She's in all the marketing for this movie. And I wonder why, because she's the, like the biggest thing in Hollywood right now. Like she's one yeah. of the she's one Super of the newest star. additions to the Hollywood elite, as they call it. Um, she's everywhere in the poster. She's huge. She's in Spider-Man. She was in, she was in the, she was in the, the No Way Home trailer played in IMAX before this movie, by the way. Chef's kiss. Can't, uh, can't wait. But yeah, so she's all over the marketing for this movie. And there were a group of girls that were sitting behind me that I think were there, there for her. For Zendaya. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people my age or younger than our age at the theater that I was at that I think were there for her or Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. And uh, I think they dug Timothy Chalamet because they were mostly like well-behaved for the rest, for the most of the movie. When Zendaya showed up for the first time in person, like when he's sitting on the rocks in the Fremen cave or whatever, and she takes off her mask and it's Zendaya, these, mm-hmm. this group of girls like fucking cheered. Like, I'm telling you, like, yeah, she's like, like the, I mean, Woo! she's like the rock. She's like a straight up movie star now. Yeah. You know, which like Tom totally- Cruise. I totally get it. Yeah, totally get it. I mean, uh, but then at the end of the movie, there's like the movie starts wrapping up. And I was like, I was like, I was like looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, it's time to the movie's almost I was like, we're wrapping up. <laughs> the movie's almost over. And then it's 
you don't know the half of it, fucker. And then the movie cuts the credits and it's like directed by Denis Villeneuve and it cuts the black and the lights go up in the theater. And this one of the girls in the group that was sitting behind me was like, where the fuck was Zendaya? She screamed this in yeah. this packed theater. Yep. And like, I heard a few people laughing, but I was already like halfway down the stairs because I had to pee so bad. Um, yeah. But like, there were some girls in my theater that were not happy with the the amount that Zendaya was in this movie. Yeah, they took some big liberties with that character um, from the book because she's more of a second half of the book player as well. Once you start to interact with the Fremen more. Um, yeah, man, like... <laughs> like splicing her into all of his dreams and stuff just so that she could get, I don't know. She maybe had what, four minutes of screen time, maybe a little bit more than that. I would say because of the last scene, it, the, the very last scene is like almost like, a, like 79% of her. her yeah. Screen if, you, time, but. if you put it all together, I'd say that she was on, on screen for maybe 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, she's a great actress. I'm excited to see what she does with the character in the next one, but because she yeah. doesn't really get, she doesn't really get a whole lot to do now. And I mean, um, I don't care. Like, I, I don't. I, me, I mean, almost thirty year old white dude. Like, I don't really care. Like, I left the movie with the expectation that oh, they're setting her up to be a bigger character in the second one. But yeah. I think about like how heavily they're featuring her in the marketing, and I'm wondering if they're going to turn people away. That saw the movie that were looking for Zendaya that are like, where the fuck was she? And then when the second movie comes out, are they going to be like, ah, I don't want to see this because they're worried she's not going to be in it. Um, no, I, I think you, I think you just keep her in the marketing and, and potentially feature her a little more prominently, like doing action sequences or something. Sure. So, um, it's all about Rebecca Ferguson anyway, though, guys, come on, let's I mean, get with it. <laughs> Lady Jessica. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't hear anybody in my theater saying, where's Rebecca Ferguson? Because she's she fucking all over awesome and she's all over the place. Yeah. All over the place, except for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that shot of like that, that shot of his like uh, his dream where he sees uh, Lady Jessica with like the blue eyed Fremen look from the spice inhalation. And she's got like those face tats all over and stuff like that. That yeah. was rad. That yeah. was really cool. So I was surprised with how I did, much like future glancing they did with some of his dreams. So yeah, I'm sure that all that will make more sense to me once the sequel comes out. Yeah, and I can kind of that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. We'll just save that for another time. Okay. The last thing this I want to talk about make is any just, sense to you without spoiling the, sure. the second half of the book. So the last thing I want to talk about really quick before we move off this is, uh, or at least the last thing I wanted to bring up was when I called John after the movie. I was asking him about. I was asking him some surface level questions about the movie, and the first thing I brought up was I was like. So is there an incestuous thing going on between oh, yeah. <laughs> between Paul and his mother? Because there's that one really weird scene where, and I misread, I misread the scene where they're standing on the rock in the desert and he takes his shirt off and she kind of like looks at him like with like a little glance. And then he, she starts to take her clothes off and he turns around and looks at her. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I was like. Yeah. Is there some weird? There's nothing like that. No. So I just totally misread the scene. Those are just two hot people just checking each other out, you know? <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, yeah, just nothing wrong with a hot mom and a hot kid looking at each just, other. Just window shopping. That's just all. window. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but you gave me the reading where you were like, oh, she's realizing in the book, she's realizing that he's becoming more like his dad. 
Yeah, and then she's also noticing his like both the ways he is composing himself is changing from uh, someone from a royal family to someone who's stepping into a role of leadership. Okay. So, him because the 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 conversation that predicates them changing is him being like well, it's about to be this hot and we have this much to go. So we need to put our still suits on and where she would have just like not have thought to do that on her own. So she's just kind of like interested in, in how quickly he's adapting to a new lifestyle. So. Okay. Well, John, was there anything, anything left unsaid that you wanted to say about Dune before we move on to Bond? No, no. I, uh, I think we covered it mostly. We did uh, 20 minutes of spoiler talk almost exactly. So. Okay. Works for, for me. See the movie. Underselling. Yeah, go see it. Check it if out. If you made it through here, see the movie. It's a good movie. Go see, go see it. Go see go the, check it out. Go see the movie. Go see the movie. I'd give it a strong 8.5 out of 10. Maybe even a 9. <clears throat> Maybe even a 9. I give it a 9. I have to rewatch it again. I put it on on HBO Max when I got home, and I was just kind of like watching it in like silence with like should, the uh, subtitles. I don't want to have this conversation now, but. I don't like it more than Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. However, I do think it's really good. <laughs> I, mean, I like it more than I like not. it more than some Star Wars movies, but not like overall. And it's not comparable to those either. So sure. But yeah, go check it out. Go check it's it its out. Own, it's its own thing. It's cool. And we would be lucky if it becomes a, a popular franchise. Open your hearts to sci-fi. You might like what you find. You might not or be you, there might not be might a be romantic confused. twist or anything. It's just open your hearts to sci-fi. Yeah, is uh, hopefully they hopefully they have more sex in the next one. I was disappointed. Yeah, no Oscar Isaac sex scene, no buy. I know he was like, she was like gonna give him that sleeping pill yeah. when they were laying down, and he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to sleep that way. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. And then he just laid in her lap, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and she gave him a nose rub, <laughs> and I was like, Damn oh, it. is that the nose the most erotic organ in the in the twenty thousands? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're back, and we're here to talk. Some bond. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Yeah. What's your favorite? Um, who's your favorite Bond girl? Anna de Armas. Is that a cheat code? Ooh, you activated my trap card. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everybody, we're talking about No Time to Die. Released. When officially released? yeah released october october 8th october 8th 2021 internationally delayed, released uh, september 29th delayed, 2021 like Five thousand times before it finally came out yeah this, this was the was, first this is the first casualty of uh, of covid if i'm not mistaken i think this movie wrapped in like 2018 like <laughs> it's, been, it's, <laughs> been <laughs> it's been done for a minute yeah it's been done for a minute but we saw it we saw James Bond. I'm um, yep. here with the world's biggest James Bond fan ever. Um, that you know. There's that definitely I know. bigger ones. I know one that's bigger than me. So Yeah. Uh, had a production budget of $250 million. Uh, yeah, double that and maybe even triple that because this movie was delayed multiple times. I, I remember hearing some sort of article where this movie needed to break like something crazy, like $400 million to break even, $500 million to break even. So... I mean, it looks like it's, it, it's, it, it did that already. Yeah. It's on pace um, to, right now. The domestic box office, 120 million 
the international 403 making the worldwide box office somewhere in the 524 million dollar range yeah um, i was gonna say before it even released in the u.s it opened up internationally and they almost made back that money so yeah um it is james it is daniel craig's final film is james bond it clocks in at a thick 160 minutes um 163 minutes it's a beefy uh, boy it's a beefy boy uh, it's, the, it's the biggest martini you've ever seen. Biggest martini you've ever seen. It is the seventh biggest domestic October weekend of all time. Second biggest October. Seventh. Seventh Seven. biggest oh, October. I was like second. No, 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 no. That's still pretty good, though. Still pretty October good. Um, happens every year. Yeah, it's doing okay. Uh, right now, No Time to Die is sitting at an 84% on Rotten Tomato with 345 critic reviews and an 88% based on 5,000 verified audience ratings. Um, directed by Carrie Joy Fukunaga. Do you know who that is, John? Nope. He's the person most who directed known. No Time to Die. Huh? Okay, yeah. Well, he's most known for directing uh, the very first season of true detective all right all right all right yeah, i'll watch it again someday maybe that's what i'll do next week yeah uh true detective season one one of the best tv shows one of the best seasons of television ever made I what am you a- gotta understand there zach is that sometimes is- you just have too much wild turkey you're not going to be able to necessarily uh have the mental faculties to uh watch true detective it's almost 3 p.m and you know what it means at 3 p.m is when i start drinking <laughs> it's when i hop in my lincoln and i uh, pour myself a, plan, a nice uh, glass of long branch um but yeah so bond we saw it we the 25th it. bond movie yes the 25th bond movie uh we, we both saw this in theaters i saw this in a 2d projection at the cinemark so no imax just a basic ass 2d screening of, of no time to die um you saw this at the your cinebistro or whatever yep i had a uh <laughs> i had a uh, kentucky smoke which is old forester uh poured over a hickory smoked ice cube sounds appropriate for james bond it was delicious and i had a blt <laughs> <laughs> and a sprite <laughs> blt Smoked, not stirred. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> All right, James Bond. John, again, we're going to try to do a little bit of spoiler-free stuff. What did you think of No Time to Die? It was really fun. It was a really fun movie. Um, definitely a good end cap to the Craig era, while also serving, I think, as a really fun um, entry into the, you know, the ever-loving James Bond franchise, which is just going to keep happening forever, I think. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I wish, I wish more people were at my theater because I felt like it was a kind of subdued crowd. But I also uh, was two weeks late to seeing it, so maybe I missed all the big Bond fans already. So, but yeah, cool villain, cool premise, great action sequences. And a, a powerful, powerful conclusion to the the Daniel Craig era. What about you? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think it's uh, very cinematic. I think uh, Fukunaga knows how to shoot a film. It's very breathtakingly beautiful. All of the environments and sceneries and locations they go to, I think, are fucking stunning. 
Um, oh yeah. I think the, the action is really good and paced really well. I think the movie has a really good pacing actually, where it's like, you know, just when you think nothing's going on, something decides to happen. Uh, so it kept me from wanting to go to the bathroom. I actually held my bladder the entire, I held my bladder through both these movies, by the way, I didn't pee through the entirety of no time to die or Dune, And I was miserable. I was miserable. (laughs) When I got out of those things, I let the tank loose and I was sitting at the urinal, just like, I was like, I was like Austin powers after he gets unfrozen in the first movie. Um, he was letting the spice flow. He was letting the spice flow. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a good conclusion to Daniel Craig's uh, Bond run. I think it's a very good movie to go out on. Um, surprisingly emotional. Um, very uh, very sentimental. I think they use... I've heard a lot of people describe this movie as kind of like a Daniel Craig Bond's greatest hits album, where it's like, you know, there's a lot most of... Most Bond movies at this point are kind of greatest hits albums of prior Bond movies, but... Yeah, that's an apt critique. Sure. So I really liked it. I think it's really good. I I don't know if it's my favorite of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I don't even know where it ranks in my in my Bond list. I but I do think it's very satisfying. Uh, my biggest criticism of the movie is that I don't think Rami Malek was used enough. Like I think that his villain was it was very impactful when he was on screen, but not nearly used to the to the levels that I would have I would have liked. That's kind of a Bond thing, though, is that yeah. the villain does not show up until the third act. And I think that might be one of the reasons I don't like Bond. Love Bond is that I wish that the because they they're more these, about him, though. Yeah. And I and I like that. But um, there's a formula, right? So it's like big bad guy has a cool henchman and Bond deals with the henchman for two thirds of the movie until he finally comes face to face with the main villain. Yeah. And usually and- that's how it works out. Unless you have a cool, a cool villain, like in uh, GoldenEye, my favorite Bond villain, um, stuff like that. Or Skyfall where um, Javier Bardem's around for like almost the whole thing. And in this movie, I didn't think that Cyclops was terrible <laughs> that compelling um, well i think they were relying too much i mean with this is getting into spoilers a little bit but i think they were sure, relying sure. a little bit more on christoph waltz's presence as fair. a whole in the beginning of the movie so. no i think th- i think that that's actually kind of fair because christoph waltz plays a bigger role in this than i actually thought um Great. and it's not a huge spoiler i'd say to say that this movie does touch on other elements from the daniel craig movies and that's one of the things i really like about this movie and one of the things i think that you know, this might be contrarian to the typical, the legacy of Bond, but I think the Daniel Craig movies are some of my favorite. I mean, of the Bond movies I've seen, they're my favorite because they do really feel like they have this interconnected universe and they tell a somewhat cohesive story from the first one all the way to the last. And so I feel like if I wanted to, over the course of a month, I could watch all these movies back to back to back to back to back and get a satisfying story from beginning to end. And that's something that I feel like the Bond series Maybe lack isn't the right word because I don't think that they've needed it, but it's something that I like as a, as a film goer, as a movie, as a movie fan. Fair. But yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. I think if you've watched this makes him the most human for sure too. Sure. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, he loves, he, he experiences loss. Um, He loves everybody that he has sex with. Don't you know that? (laughs) Yeah. They just usually uh, die afterwards. Um, 
But yeah, before we go to spoilers, I'll say I totally recommend this movie if you've watched the Daniel Craig movies. I think this is a great conclusion to his story. Uh, I would also just say if you like general like spy espionage movies, I think you'll find a lot of enjoyment out of this movie. I think it has some really fucking awesome spy shit in this movie. Like some really cool espionage spy thriller shit is happening in this movie. And they, and they, they wrap it all up in a movie that looks really good and feels really good tonally, like the environments. It's a very tonally cohesive and very eerie and atmospheric movie. It's a lot like Dune. It's, it's like both the big movies that we're reviewing this week are, you know, they're atmospheric in, in their own unique individual ways. And I think both these directors kind of came at these projects in a very stylized sort of way. And, and so they're very interesting to look at, even if you don't totally find yourself compelled by every single thing in the story. I think that at least visually, both these movies are firing at all cylinders. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that Ana de Armas is the best. She's the best. She's the I love queen. her. Yeah. I, I will watch anything that she's in from here till the day I die. I think yeah. that she's a fantastic actress. Put her in more shit Hollywood. And that's not just because she's gorgeous and drop dead beautiful. I think she's fun to watch. She has charismatic presence. Charming. No matter what she's doing. It's, it's ridiculous. She is instantly likable in any role that she's in. Put her in everything Hollywood. Put her in everything. Yep. Any closing Ana thoughts? Do you recommend this a, movie? Ana de Armas is Jean Grey. I could fuck with that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, of course I recommend this movie. I um, I, the Armist is Sue Storm. No, can't see it. Just get her in something. Get more stuff. Um, but yeah, I co-sign everything that you say. I think this movie's great. Can we talk about spoilers now? Spoilers. Spoilers. All right, we're gonna let's set aside seven minutes for 007 what do you say let's do it all right because there's not much i want to talk about i want to talk about let's start do you want to talk about uh, the first thing i was going to say what's your what was your favorite scene in the movie um cuba okay the whole the whole like cuban going to the specter party trying to get the the doctor who created the poison and and it's him and ana de armas um sneaking in and they have the earpieces oh good that whole sequence in the closet where like he thinks they're gonna get it on and she's like oh (laughs) that's not what this is and he's like oh so awesome and then they just have a they have a nice professional relationship the rest of the way and then the other 007 nomi is there at the same time and they're trying to like underscore each other it's just great that shot of um that shot of Ana de Armas on the floor when she like shoots all yeah. three of those dudes while she's laying down. Like it's just, it's shot really well too. Yeah. So I, I, that was that sequence is what I would want uncharted to be like an sure. uncharted four <laughs> when they go to that party. Um, oh, we'll get to that. that. I'm, 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 <clears throat> I'm running through, I'm running through cocktails here to prepare my body for that discussion. But yeah, that was probably my favorite sequence followed closely by my second favorite, which was the, the fight in the Norwegian forest, which is like really misty and bond. It's kind of like a horror movie where like bonds, like Michael Myers and he's just like coming up behind people and like capping them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, you took one of mine, so I'm not going to, um, Oh fuck. How do I loop a trailer? Never mind. Sorry. 
I, you took one, you took both of mine. So the Cuba scene with them and with uh, Daniel Craig and Arnold Armas is like the highlight of the movie. It's so fun. It's energetic. It's so great. Uh, and then, yeah, the forest fight sequence is awesome. I loved the end cap to that, which I'll just say is like maybe my favorite moment in any of the Bond movies is when he kills the, the traitor spy. And he's, and he's like, I had a brother or whatever. His name was Felix. And he lets the car fall on the dude. And like everything with, um, Everything with Jeffrey Wright in the movie, I thought was fucking great. I loved the whole yeah. submarine scene. Like it was so, 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 so good. Um, Did you get some Aquaman vibes from that? <laughs> some Aquaman vibes. <laughs> That's all I could think about was when he's like, you got to get out so you can get after that guy. I was like, I've so you can kill before. that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also really enjoy uh, Rami Malek. The, his character Safin holding um, Bond's daughter hostage while they're talking in the room. Yeah, that's a re- that's a really cool scene. Um, yeah, I love the he fires the one bullet and he, he they drop down into like a trap door. I was like, I was like, oh shit! Yeah, that was <laughs> really cool. cool. Yeah, I I loved Rami. I I thought that he was so good. I mean, I'm like totally selfishly, I'm a huge fan of his. I love Mr. Robot. It's one of my favorite television shows ever made. If you've never seen it, please go watch it. It's the best. Um, it's such a compelling four seasons of TV that wraps up so well. It has one of the best endings in television history, in my opinion. But his character in the movie, underutilized, but when he's there, he's perfect. And the he's opening, very menacing. he's very, very menacing. And the opening sequence is like a fucking horror movie. It's like, it's good. It's yeah. Really and good. it's like, so Fukunaga, um, I don't know if you knew this or whatever, but like he was, he was critically lauded for his directing of true detective. And he was actually the d- original director that was going to do the it movies. He was going to do yeah. it chapter one and chapter two. And then he ended up leaving the project due to creative differences. And I like, I wonder what those movies would have been like if he would have stayed on board. Cause I, mean, I think they would have been good. even, I love both the it movies. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, but like, yeah, we're now getting the director of it making flash. So yeah. So I just wonder, like, I think that Fuganaga obviously has like a really keen eye for horror and suspense and dread. And I feel like a lot of this movie has that where it's like, it's not like there's one jump scare in the movie that got my theater. Like it got me really good. Like, it's like, she turns around and Rami's just standing in the window with the fucking mask on. And I was like, Oh, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. But like, uh, I think the movie just has a good sense of dread. Like, there's the scene where I really like the scene where he goes to pay respects to the grave of Vesper or whatever. And like the thing blows up and then there's like five minutes of action where he can't hear anything. And I'm like, this is fucking cool, man. This is so cool. Great opening. Um, Um, I also think that correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the longest opening for a bond movie? Like from beginning to title sequence in the whole. It's up there. It's like, it's like 15, 20 minutes long before we see the the title sequence and the uh the billy eilish song yeah it's up there i'd have to i'd have to go back and check it there's probably some ones in like the 80s where they forgot to do it for like 20 minutes yeah um i love the i love the idea of introducing bond finally having the opportunity to have a family to be with somebody who loved him with the kid and stuff like that he very was very paternal which i really appreciated and then having a way where it's like there's literally no other way around it, but like he can't be with them. Yeah. With the poison. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's like heartbreaking. Heart wrenching. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Like having him talk to to Madeline while uh it's kind of explaining what's going on was was very, very uh emotional. And I actually like was like weeping. <laughs> and I was like, I was like watching it's like watching uh 
all of my childhood heroes in the last decade have been killed off by these fucking directors. So thanks a lot, Hollywood. Um, <laughs> if, watch it. Indiana five, he's going to die. I'm already preparing myself. Like, it's just like, just keep killing them off, I guess. Um, Do you think his last I, line is going to be, he's being cradled by Shia LaBeouf and he's like, I it's thought not you were a teacher. It's the and he goes, he goes, part time. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, yeah, no, I really, I really dug it. And I do think it was earned. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, Bond shouldn't have a kid. He shouldn't die, but yada, yada, yada. But, and this is the main thing that I wanted to talk about is that, yeah, and this and is because we could talk seven minutes now. So we'll just I know we going. could talk about, we could talk about this movie for a while. This is a thick podcast. So we just had to prepare our assholes for it. But, but, um, I remember like last year we had talked about this. There were news articles that were coming out and like reports that were like, oh, they're going to kill Bond or whatever. They're going to do this and they're going to end like they want to kill Daniel Craig's Bond or whatever. And, you know, total big spoilers. If you don't want to hear this, turn it off. But yeah, skip ahead five minutes. Yeah. So James Bond dies at the end of this movie. Um, Pretty like they don't even leave it open. Like I I saw some Reddit comment where they were like, I half expected the prologue to be him sitting at a French cafe and, and Ray finds looks over and like gives him the nod or whatever. But Oh my God. Can we talk about this for a second? Just like side note. And then sure. you can get back to it. This whole movie is like, it's Ray finds fault. Like M totally dropped the fucking ball by yeah, making seriously. a bio weapon. Like he should feel terrible at that funeral that they have where they like pour the glass of whiskey and leave it on the table. Like it's his fault that James Bond is dead. <laughs> like <laughs> they literally drug his ass out of retirement yeah. and it cost them Bond, Felix Leiter, copious amounts of money. And then like, plus they're probably going to start World War Three with the Japanese because they were like shooting cruise missiles. In, like, <laughs> yeah, they bombed it. They bombed an island. <laughs> you fucked up, Em. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... That's some Judy Dench level oversight right sure. there. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you feel? I mean, did, so like all of those rumors said and done, like, cause I remember there was like, I, I remember listening to so many podcasts and, and hearing about so like listening to comments on subreddits and on YouTube and like people talking like you can't kill bond. That's not the spirit of the character. But then this movie comes out fucking, I'm pretty sure I, I remember what I just said. It was like 89% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. People seem to be pretty okay with how they did it. Are you Jonathan Parker, the, the James Bond fan that I know the most? Like, are you okay with this? Do you think they did it justice? Do you think that this was a wise decision? Um, I am okay with this because I think the, the movie, the movie series as a whole is a series of anthologies with each actor having their own continuity. Like even Sean Connery had characters that appeared in several of his movies. So there was like a, a thin amount of continuity, definitely not as much as the Daniel Craig ones. Um, but there is a sense of that, like, yes, the actor who played Q is in multiple of the Bond movies with different Bond actors. Sure. But like, I think, I think once you set it aside, it's like these Craig movies were, they are Bond movies they are their own Bond movies. They clearly rebooted it with Casino Royale when they started and nobody complained about it back then. You know what I mean? When it's like, where's Q? Where's M? Like, why is M the same M as Pierce Brosnan? Everyone just kind of bought into it. So like, I'm fine with them having like a beginning, middle and end for the Craig movies. And then 
you know, they do what they always do. They're just going to recast younger and make a couple more flicks and start the continuity over again. It's like comic books. There's always a new, a new fresh start to something every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, th- I found it Im- immensely satisfying. Like I, I don't have the legacy of, of bond. Like I, I appreciate the films as what they are. They're films, they're, they're entertainment blockbusters, they're pop culture movies, but I'd never, I don't think that he's such a sacred character that you can't twist him a little bit, but people seem to think that I, at least that was my impression was that he's, he seems to be such a character in which that like, I mean, I know the family is controversial, which we don't have to really dive into, but it's like, oh, you can't make him black. You can't make him gay. You can't make him anywhere outside the norm of what he is, which is a white English super spy. But it's like, I like the idea that this movie kind of fucks with the idea of what Bond is. And I, I like that as a casual film goer. Like, I like that he can have a family, fall in love. He can die. He can, he can be fallible. Like, I, I really like that. I like that about, I like that about Daniel Craig's Bond. Yeah. So I do too. I do too. I love, I loved the, um, I love Casino Royale so much. And I was glad that they did the, uh, the sequence in the beginning with Vesper. And it just kind of reminded me of like how cool it is that these movies have that through line continuity. Yeah. Especially when it's like, he's got that paper and it says like, forgive me and stuff like that. I was like, oof, oof, heavy man. Casino Royale is such a downer. <laughs> yeah. It's a downer. So the last thing I want to say before we go to our new segment, uh, I'm going to say one of my other favorite sequences of the movie was the title sequence. And I just wanted to give some shit to the United States of a fucking America. Don't go to the bathroom when the title sequence is happening. That shit's art. You hear me? The amount of people in my fucking packed theater that as soon as Billy Eilish started singing, people started going to the theater. I mean, like 20s of people started going wow. to the bathroom. And I'm like That's sitting there. Tons. I'm like, I was like, I was like watching these people like walk down my aisles and like have to excuse themselves <clears throat> by me to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, I'm trying to get immersed in this Billy Eilish song here. And I thought, I thought the opening credit sequence was fucking awesome. I still think that Skyfall is maybe the best title sequence it is the best uh but i really (laughs) (laughs) but i really i like the billy eilish song in context of the movie i really liked how the train sequence it's like you'll never see me again and then the door shuts and then it's the little dots that like like come up and it reminded me of like the old bonder the old bond movies well those dots are from the first bond movie dr no and this movie was called No Time to Die. So that's why a lot of people, including myself, thought that Rami Malek was going to be the rebooted version of Dr. No in the same way that Christoph Waltz was the rebooted version of Blofeld. And he is not. He plays Safin. However, I think it's kind of ambiguous because they say that Safin's father was the poison chemist for Spectre, which is exactly who Dr. No was in the original Bond movie. So I think he's Dr. No's son, but that's just like tinfoil hat time. But um, yeah, I like that they paid homage to the opening sequence of, sure. of Dr. No, for sure. All right. Really cool. Very cool. All right. So John, it's time for our newest segment and maybe the one and only time that we'll ever do the segment until we do every James Bond movie in review, but it's time for uh, no, t- no time to pod. No time to pod. <laughs> All right, John Swansong Parker is going to give his review for every Daniel Craig James Bond movie and rank them at the same time because 
Lord knows when we're going to get around to doing the no time to pod, like the actual like James Bond review. How many do we settle on five minutes? Yeah, give me five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. John is going to have five minutes to give his review and ranking for all of the Daniel Craig movies. And are you doing them from worst to best or best to worst? Worst to best. And I need you to hold up one finger when I have one minute left. Thanks, Alex. All right. No time to pod. Three, two, one. All right, coming in at number five at the Daniel Craig era. I definitely have Quantum of Solace. It's the easy one to take a dump on. Uh, came out during the writer's strike. Um, this movie has some cool action, but the villain is not defined, and the plot is about the, sort, the, the search for water in the Arabian <laughs> desert. And the characters besides Bond and Felix Leiter are completely forgettable, and that movie is hot trash. And they're, like, all part of a uh, the Quantum Syndicate, and they all have, like, rings with cues on them because they were too afraid to go full specter, but then they just do that in two movies anyway. So that's the that. bottom of the barrel for me. Um, I'm not going to rate them as I go. I'm just ranking them. That's but, fine. Uh, at number four in the Craig era, I have uh, specter 2015, really cool villain, cool concept. However, uh, kind of problem with this one, but a little bit not as well executed, which is not utilized well enough. Um, I do like the introduction to Madeline and the, the closure that Bond gets with Mr. White in that movie, but there's some really good Bond movies in this era, and, and that's just going to have to fall on to number four. I, do I think Spectre, Spectre has... opening. Yes, I was going to say, I think the Spectre opening is my favorite of the openings of any of the Daniel Craig movies. Okay, interesting, because I don't... Dia de los Muertos, baby. I don't baby. agree with that. It is cool. It's, I don't agree with it necessarily, right. um, but it's one of the two that Sam Mendes directed, which... The interesting thing, side note, I know I'm burning my time here, but Sam Mendes, both of his Bond movies do not have Felix Leiter in them. So maybe he doesn't like Jeffrey Wright. I don't know. Maybe he's racist. Kind of, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no no shots, Sam Mendes. Uh, num- number three, I have no time to die. Um, we just spent a whole lot of time talking about it. It's really cool. It does have its problems in terms of like, you know, um, some of the villain issues here or there, but I mean, it's really good. A fun. I think it's play. too long. It's a little long. It's kind of bloated at times, um, but it looks beautiful and there's some great set pieces. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Skyfall. Um, I think this movie is freaking gorgeous. I also think this is the only Bond movie you can see without having to see any other Bond movie because it gives you, it gives you his intro. Um, it also gives you quite possibly the best Bond villain, which is Silva played by Javier Bardem. That whole sequence where he talks about the rats no longer eat coconuts. Now they only hungry for rats. It's like freaking awesome. Uh, he gets the Aston Martin. You get to go to Scotland. All that cool stuff there. Weak sauce number- opening though. Agreed. Agreed. But that movie is like, it's all about the payoff at the end, which is just, just great. And then number one, I'm going Casino Royale. I think it's one of the best movies of the 20th century or 21st century. I should Whoa. say. Sorry. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree with myself. Um <laughs> I think this has the best opening if you include both before and after the credits, which is him getting his two kills for double O and then the chase in Madagascar with all the parkour and stuff like that, which is just rad. Uh, really cool concept and villain with Lashif and playing the high stakes poker game. Um, but that's my review of the Daniel Craig Bond era. No time to pod. Pow, pow. You had a minute and 50 seconds left on the clock. So you fucking did that way more succinctly than I thought that that we would be able to. I was trying to yeah. interject a little bit to give some like extra space, but you fucking nailed it, man. Thanks, bro. Uh, join us next time on No Time to Pod when John does every single 
episode of James Bond, all 25 movies. I can't wait to talk about uh, the great 20th century flick, Octopussy. Yes, we're going to talk so much about Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Which there is a reference to that movie in this movie, apparently. It was, I was reading was that in the car in the end, he's like, let me tell you about a man, a man named James, mm-hmm. James Bond. Yep. And um, the song We Have All the Time in the World yeah. is from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, sung by the great Louis Armstrong, I believe. Yeah, and they ended the movie. (laughs) And I did, uh, you know, to close it out there, one of my favorite, maybe an emblematic sequence of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies is the last scene where he's going up to the the control room to open up the buildings and he turns and does the shoot down the hallway. And like my theater fucking cheered (laughs) when that happened. It was so, so cool. That was rad. That, that, That stairwell fight is really cool too. Yeah, this... Stairwolf fight giving me big John Wick vibes. Oh, yeah. Or like uh, Daredevil, which you haven't watched. So I've watched some of the first season. Mm, disappointing in you. All right, John. This is the fandom, and you're in the fandom. I got you for three minutes of playtime. <laughs> <laughs> John, the DC fandom happened while you and I were in New York City. That's right. We were New York City boys eating pizza, eating, going to Giants games at MetLife Stadium, slamming claws. We were having bagels, and I was having smoked salmon on bagels with cream cheese because that's the thing that they do in New York City, baby. That's uh, true. But, yeah, the DC fandom happened while we were in New York City, and we kind of got to watch a lot of the things. Apparently, we're kind of it's kind of a good thing that we didn't watch the whole live stream because apparently it was a whole lot of fluff. Um Probably a lot of like comic news that no one cares about, but me. Yeah. And a lot of behind the scenes stuff. That's not super like Jason Momoa driving a Rolls Royce. Yes. We did tune in for a minute while James, (laughs) while he was driving a Rolls Royce. And then we were like, all right, time for a beer. (laughs) We went to the kitchen, got a beer, but there were some pretty substantial things that came out of DC fandom. Do you want to start with, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the Batman? Yeah. Let's just do it in the order that you had it. All right. Why not? So the Batman, we got the, official trailer i think that's what they listed it as yeah okay uh or main it might be main trailer i don't remember i'm gonna pull it up on my computer so that i can like watch it again but what john i mean this is maybe the most anticipated movie in the world right now i mean what did you think of the trailer i think going into this weekend my hierarchy of anticipation was the batman spider-man and then dune um and this trailer looks awesome <laughs> so excited i um i mean what what else is there to say really besides the fact that i'm definitely in the bag for this movie i mean there's really no question that i was gonna go see it but like it looks really cool looks dark noir detective gritty the riddler looks terrifying colin farrell is the penguin who would have thought that that guy would be great but he looks awesome take it easy sweetheart yeah <laughs> catwoman I mean- looks cool was there any question that we were not? We're I think we're contractually obligated by God to see this movie, to see any movie with Batman in it. You know what I mean? I think we have to. Yeah, I think we have to. I think that's our manifest destiny. Um, yeah, I thought this trailer rules. I mean, I saw it in IMAX before the Dune movie, and holy fuck, seeing this trailer in IMAX, like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this movie, man. I can't wait. Like. It looks so, 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 so good. I love the, the, just the cinematography. 
the way the movie looks, it looks so dirty and grimy. I love it. I love how dirty it looks. I love it, man. Fucking how much money do you think he's how much money you think he's spending on like tanks of water for rain? <laughs> <laughs> the but I mean, I would be I would love to see the budget of this movie because a lot of this movie looks super practical. Like, I mean, it feels very Christopher Nolan. It feels very much Batman begins. Like it feels very much like dirty, grimy first batman movie lots of darkness lots of underground fights and i don't know i i think that this movie is a fresh start for 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 the for batman and for the warner brothers and i i think that matt reeves is going to do a great job like I, I i i fully trust that guy as a director i think that he's he hasn't missed yet i mean i think the cast is great the movie looks great i love how little they're showing of us of the riddler like that makes me even more excited because I feel like you just yeah, know him like Jaws. Yeah. He's kind of like, he's the ominous presence in the distance that you don't really know what's about, but like, Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I, I mean, there's so much in this trailer to pick apart. Like um, I'm like diving through the very beginning. So the very beginning of the trailer, we see, you know, cops show up to a grimy fucking coffee shop in the middle of Gotham city. And there's a question mark in the coffee cup. I mean, like how fucking hype, come on. Like, Come on. That's so cool. Do you think that this is like a, so obviously the cops have been called to the situation. Do you think that like the Riddler's like offering himself up to the police or do you think that this is like what's happening here? Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like the dark night where the Joker lets himself get taken. So he could talk to Batman. I think that okay. scene of him at the diner is probably like in the middle of the film. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not wearing his Riddler outfit, like the, the right. mask that we see in that stuff and, Right. I think he like kills people without it for a little while and then Okay. Or with it and then takes it off and turns himself in. So I mean it, I really keeps it locked away. Like I, I know this movie is it, this movie's gonna be PG thirteen, but I really do is think it? that yes, I, it has to be. If it's not, Are I'll eat sure? my hat. I'll eat my hat. I don't even think like even if there's no F bombs, like the way that he beats the shit out of people should be rated R. Like this is not, this is not a good influence on young children. <laughs> PG thirteen. I'll take it to the bank. If you want to make a drink bet, I'll make a drink bet. But this movie is going to be PG thirteen. There's no the way a Batman need, movie is going to be rated. The last R. thing we need is like young teenagers being like, "Who are you supposed to be?" And then someone just comes I'm vengeance. But yeah, uh, we do see an extended part of that part of that Batman fight sequence. He puts a what I mean, like they look like Joker minions, but I don't think that's what they're going to end up being. They're just like it's guys. It's possible that paint. the Joker already exists in this world oh from his god. first year, but we don't oh see him. Oh my god! I want to jock up in Arkham. That's so much, man. But like he puts one of those Joker guys up to a pole or whatever, and he's got like a electro finger that he puts to his neck, and it, it like looks like it's like him. some type of magnet thing that like because he's up against the pole, it like yeah. creates like a shockwave through it. Super cool, but yeah, then I there's like when that... he, I like when he just gets shot point blank like twice, and then he's just like, "Fuck it, <laughs> fuck <laughs> it." Yeah, there's a uh, joke. There's a Batman Riddler interrogation sequence where it very, it, very reminiscent of Joker in the Dark Knight. Um, yeah, there's yeah. more shots of Bruce Wayne, but the one of the heavy focuses of this is Selena Kyle. Like we get more of her in this trailer. Zoe Kravitz says, uh, "Catwoman, how did you?" how do you feel about her so far? Like she's showing her identity to Batman. Like, um, how do you feel about all this so far? Um, she looks great. I think that might be the, I'll wait to see it, but it might be the perfect Catwoman casting. 
I think she's just, I mean, Zoe Kravitz is like birth from the two most beautiful humans <laughs> like ever. Um, and she's like, she's so like stoic yet seductive and very charming. And she's like playful with the Batman, but it looks like she like really kicks ass and like scares the living daylights out of people when she's like doing stuff and she's wearing disguises and things like it just looks awesome. I'm yeah. ready. Give me more Zoe. Um, there's a are you team, uh, are you team Zoe Kravitz or team Zendaya? Is Zendaya in the Batman? No, but you got to pick one. Team Zendaya. Marvel shill. <laughs> I love Marvel movies. Pay me Marvel. You know who I am. I won't bad mouth your movies. I'll say nothing but good things. Yeah, he'll slurp that come straight on down. Anyway. Uh, there's a shot one minute, 16 seconds into the trailer where it looks like Bruce Wayne walks into like a crime scene because there's like lamps and books on the ground and there's a bunch of text on the ground which reads, the sins of my father, question mark, question mark. Uh, remember... Or wait, renewal is a lie. It says Mitchell, and then no more lies. Colson, a uh, bunch of text on the ground. It looks like Batman's walking into a crime scene. There's a question mark in the middle with all these things tying to it. Do, does this mean anything to you? No. I, I, you know, I, I, like I, like I said how before, you asked that, like, uh, like Jim Gordon. Does this mean anything to you? <laughs> what's red, white, and blood all over, or whatever he says. I, I, uh, I, so I wonder, like, uh, obviously this movie has to be PG-13, but, like, they're treating the Riddler or, like he might be kind of like a Saw villain. Like, or it's not, because the Suicide Squad was so great. You can't Come make on. a Batman movie rated R. I, I refuse do to it. it. <laughs> I would love it. Trust me, dude. I would love it. But if, I mean, they won't do it. I promise you they won't do it. They're too scared. Joker did it, and that movie made a shit ton of money. That's true. Uh, what get some more Joaquin Zoe Kravitz here. Joker is the Joker. In this I, I would pop so hard. <laughs> in the, I would pop so hard if that if that was the post credit sequence. I would I would lose my shit. <laughs> when you bring me back, can you introduce me to Joker? <laughs> but yeah, we get some penguin fighting in a bar. More Zoe Kravitz mm-hmm. shooting around. They got pistols and stuff. There's lots of vistas and scenery shots of Gotham. Um, who are you under that mask? And then we get an I love awesome the shot fucking- of the. Uh- the guys on the train the train cool. yeah uh there's the awesome shot of batman walking down the dark hallway where it's just gun flares firing off yeah. and then it's him just like kicking shit like oh that's such a good shot um I'm and ready, then we, i'm ready for the batman to to be the next best comic book movie and it just supplants the dark knight make it happen yeah uh a couple more things to end the trailer on there's one there's a couple shots i want to talk about there's one shot where batman has a it's a dark room and he's got a red flare and he's like seems to be leading a group of people behind him do you have any idea what that might be what is that i think it i think it might be like prisoners or slaves in the sewer that he's like leading out i wonder if they're victims of riddler yeah that's what i mean like like cult followers of the riddler or victims that he's trying to help escape like, I think Riddler might be putting people into, like, traps and stuff. Like, I'm thinking it's, like, Jigsaw. Like, Riddler is, like, tricking people and putting them into situations where the Batman has to save them. And so, like, this scene, I think, might be him leading them out of, like, danger. Um, Do you think Killer Croc's going to be in that scene? <laughs> I don't think so. I want EBT. Uh, but then a couple more shots I want to talk about. Uh, we get hella Batmobile in this trailer including a sequence that I really just want to dive 
real deep into really quick with you, which is the penguins. I got you. I got you. And then the Batmobile comes out of fucking fire. <laughs> how, how, how awesome is this sequence, John? How awesome is this sequence? I mean, I'm just like, um, uh, uh, I just want this movie so bad. <laughs> just give it to me. Yeah. And he walks to the turned over Batmobile frame turned upside down flames engulfing behind him in theaters march 4th 2022 god come on baby that's so cool come on baby and that's the batman Mm. are you gonna go see this movie (laughs) i don't know i might wait for uh, blu-ray yeah wait for for vod yeah i don't know yeah i don't know yeah i agree Let's talk not, about enough, not enough Mr. Freeze. Oh yes, God. let's talk about Aquaman. John, I can't remember what they showed. <laughs> um, what did they, they talk show, about? So it's called Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. They said that it's going to tackle the Atlanteans dealing with climate change, which I think is actually pretty interesting. Um, Yaya is back as Black Mana. Bless up. And um, Patrick Wilson is also back as Orm. It looks based, it's only like B-roll behind the scenes footage, but it looks like Aquaman and Orm are teaming up very much a la like Thor and Loki and Ragnarok, um, probably fighting Black Mana. And um, what I would imagine is, is like his like pirate gang, which it looks like he's like recruiting people. I love that they gave Black Mana the, the classic silver helmet redo. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. He's our boy. I mean, I thought, I think that Black Mana, I I think we might disagree on this, but I think Black Mana was fucking terrible in the first Aquaman movie. I think that he was so underutilized, not cool at all. Like, I think that they gave him some shitty, shitty stuff to do. The sequence where he builds that weapon with the terrible 2008 Iron Man music behind it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in a motion picture. That's not even true. I think it was There's so much shit out there. You know, we saw Venom, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not worse than Venom. Uncharted's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It wasn't good. I think you're too harsh on it. Whatever. I I, I don't, I don't, I did not like Black Mana in Aquaman. I thought that he was so under, but I didn't, I didn't not like him because of the character. I like Yaya a lot. He's a great actor. Like him and Watchmen, one of the best performances like ever. I loved him. But I thought Andy that he man. was just so fucking circumcised in Aquaman. Like he Oof. just, they, he didn't get anything to do, dude. Like it was terrible. And he was so, he was What's so. What's wrong with being circumcised? Bad. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's less pleasure, pleasurable. For sex. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anywho. I hope that he has a better role in this. I think that he will. I think that James Bond, James, James I, hope he, Bond, <laughs> I think I hope James Wan realizes that he needs more screen time. I hope he kills Patrick Wilson's character. Is that, that a com- awesome. is that a comic book thing? I don't know. Maybe. Dead air. I like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, just. I think that this, you know, I'm hopeful for this movie. I, I don't have any expectations. I think, really. I think the one surprise you and I both had was seeing Amber Heard is still yes. playing Mara. Yes, that is a big surprise. <laughs> big shock. We both thought that she had gotten fired, right? 
yeah but i mean she's easy on the eyes but uh she's clearly psychotic so whatever the herd fans are going to come after us uh, do you think her fans are just called the herd amber turds <laughs> anyway she's in two <laughs> Shazam Fury of the Gods. They showed yeah. uh, also behind the scenes footage without a trailer. Yeah, not Lucy much to Lou, talk about here. Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are, are the villains. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, then they also sh- they led off with Black Adam, which is a movie that The Rock's been trying to make since 2007. And uh, they did give us a little teaser where he's like murking these archaeologists that also have assault rifles and he like fries this guy um the teaser itself wasn't super cool to me no it was okay but what is interesting to me is the the fact that he is fighting the justice society and they're going to try to make us root for him fighting the justice society who are like actual heroes what is the the, comics what is the justice society imagine the justice league in the 1940s so i think this is going to be a period piece movie kind of like wonder woman are the Justice Society like superheroes or just people? Yeah, it's it was what the Justice League was in World War II before the Justice League was made in the 50s and 60s. So the soldiers so, with guns are superheroes? No, they're, they're still superheroes. They're just an old superhero team. Oh. So it's like Dr. Fate, who's a magician, uh, who Dr. Strange was based off of. He's, um, I'll send you some pictures sometime. Um, and then, like, Hawkman and Hawkgirl are from the Justice Society. So, yeah. Bird person. Bird person. Yeah, well, whatever. I love the Justice Society, and I'm excited. So I'll go see this. And uh, I'll go see it, too. I, 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 when Pierce I'm Brosnan's more curious playing about... Dr. Fate, which is a great casting, and I'm excited for that. So. Who's playing Dr. Fate? Pierce Brosnan. Pier- oh, that's right. I remember hearing about that. Um, so here's, what I, here's my most curious thing about Black Adam, because I thought the teaser that they showed was, like, kind of nifty like i mean it's cool to see the rock being like a bad guy because you don't see that very often except for him in the wwe but yeah he just straight mercs a dude um what i want to know is this movie is like basically done like i think it's wrapped production like this is the best you got i don't think i bet you there's um i bet you he's done filming i bet you not everyone else is I think they filmed all his stuff years ago because he's such a busy guy. You know what I mean? Sure. So um, what I want to know is if eventually The Rock's Black Adam is supposed to fight uh, Zach Levi Shazam, he's going to murder him. Like <laughs> He's going to kill a teen. He's going to kill a teenager boy in front of our eyes because Shazam stands no chance against this dude. Well, he's going to be up against the whole. He's going to be up against the Shazam family. He's going to rip Freddie Freeman in half. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I have questions about this movie. I don't know the lore, but I, I think that it's really weird that they don't have like a full trailer. Like just the, on- the fact that they were only able to show this amount of footage is like weird to me. Maybe it just means that this movie is farther behind in production than we thought, but I don't know. But yeah, that's all I got to say. I think it looks cool. I mean, his... The... The production design looks really interesting. Like I like the disintegrating people into ash. It's pretty metal. I like the like I don't know. Here's my here's my beef with it. This this strike team of like archaeologists or whatever they are goes into this tomb 
and the lady literally says Shazam over his tomb and wakes him up. Like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> he's, like, he's, a, he's like a dictator from the Egyptian era. He's not going to be nice to anybody that wakes him up. So, whatever. I don't know. Um, and then our last know. thing to talk about is the Flash. What are we going to do about all these Batman? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with all these Batman? Yeah, Man, tell me got, about um, the Flash. Just tell me. Just tell me what you thought. Uh, we don't even need to preface this. Do we need to preface this with anything? Not really. I mean, we only got a little teaser. They said they didn't have much to show, and uh, I think they do, but they were just cock-teasing us. Um, we got a sick Michael Keaton voiceover where he's like, let me ask you a question. You can go <laughs> anywhere, anytime, and you choose to stay here. Save this one. It's I don't know. I was really excited um, getting to see the old Wayne Manor and uh, even the, the behind the head shot of the Keaton Batman suit. I also enjoyed seeing the bat flick mask on the ground in the pile of blood, um, which leads me to believe that potentially the reason why Barry triggers Flashpoint is that Affleck dies and he tries to go back and change it and accidentally winds up in a different Gotham is my leading theory now. Interesting. Um, we did not get to see the Keaton Batmobile, but it's definitely under that cape. So fuck them for not showing us because they didn't show us anything. I mean, this um, whole trailer is a cock tease. Like, I know, but I loved it. <laughs> uh, I thought it was have any weird quippy one liners with Ezra Miller, which is cool. Um, there is two of them, though, so that sucks. <laughs> More flash. Yeah. Yippee. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited to see the real trailer before I give my full thoughts. But I mean, like tonally, what'd you think? Like, is this kind of what you expected or? No, I, I didn't love this tease. Like thinking about it more, like I think I was really excited in the moment because it was like, oh, oh, there he is. And then it was like, ah, well, and then you got to think about what the movie is. It's like, well, it's called the movie's called The Flash, right? So it's like the movie's going to have to lean on its lead actor, which is going to be Ezra Miller. And I'm just not excited to watch an Ezra Miller flash movie at all. Mm-hmm. And so that bums me out. I think that like, I just hope this is that... future proofing this movie for sure. Yeah. I this just hope movie to me is going to be like Captain Marvel, which is a conduit to which introduce a bigger thing that's coming. That's a whole nother topic, like topic for another day, but like word on the street, from sources that are in is that um that michael Ke- this is not the only michael keaton appearance in dc movies going forward and that it is it has been rumored that he will be taking ben affleck's place in the- <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna save martha um <laughs> but um no the 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 leading theory though is that michael keaton is going to be getting reintroduced into the dceu so that they can do batman beyond with batgirl since that project got totally fucked from joss whedon being involved so we'll see what happens but uh i don't know yeah show me the real the real trailer and we could talk more about it yeah but even if michael keaton's in it for like 10 minutes that's gonna be the best 10 minutes of the last like 10 years of my life. So yeah, it might just be the case of like buy a ticket, leave after the Keaton scenes and then just enjoy your night. I think he's going to be in more of it than you think. I hope so. There's a lot of set footage of him 
out of the costume. So there's definitely going to be in costume stuff and out of costume stuff. So I think he's going to be in a decent chunk of it. Yeah. So if, if in the span of December to next December, if I get to see daredevil in a Spider-Man movie and Michael Keaton's Batman in a flash movie for prolonged periods of time, I could die happy. So. <laughs> yeah. I am. Uh, here's what I'll say about the flash. I'm hopeful but this trailer didn't necessarily get me any more excited than the rumors did. Sure. Um, which is not ideal. I was hoping for a little bit more substance from this trailer. Are and you just... glad they showed us anything? Would you rather have nothing? And then being like, why didn't they show us something from fandom? I, I don't know, but we knew that's the problem is that we knew like there was a irrevocab- I'm going to butcher this word because I've had a few cocktails it's, it was irrevocable proof that Keaton was in this movie. It was also proof that Batman, Batfleck was in this movie too. It was like, we knew that these people were going to be in this movie. That's what's exciting to me. Seeing the back of his head is not necessarily hype. I don't oh, know. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted I to know cool. like- I didn't think we were going to see him in the suit. Really? No. No, I thought he- it, You get Michael Keaton back wearing, in a Batman movie, he's going to be- well, he he's going to he's going to suck it up for a hundred million dollar paycheck. Are you kidding me? Like yeah, they're paying him way more than that, they're going to pay whatever his... whatever Robert Downey Jr. got for Endgame. He's getting twice that just to come yeah. back as Batman. Here, yeah. Here's the thing, man, is that like, yeah, like I, I think it's exciting. The trailer is exciting for sure. But it's like it's not what this movie is should be more than what it is. If that makes okay. sense. I'm stumbling over my words, but it's like. So this is what I want out of the trailers. And tell me if this would get you excited. You remember when Man of Steel was coming out and they had two trailers, one that was voiceover by Russell Crowe and the other was Kevin Costner and they were both about Superman. Best movie trailers of all time. Agreed. I want two trailers, one that's narrated by Ben Affleck and the other that's narrated by Michael Keaton. How fucking rad would that be? Let's go. Put it in my veins. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I, that's. I'm putting together a special team. Yeah, I just want a little bit more. I think I just left that trailer wanting a little bit more. Not like anything like crazy, but I just would have loved like. I think you could have like, shown. What's the plot? Like what? I think you could have shown. Well, what do you mean? I want to know what the. I just kind of wanted Flashpoint. a little bit. Do we know that for sure? You've read the book, right? Not all of it. What do you mean? Not all of it. <laughs> I loaned that to you like years ago. No, I don't have a physical copy. I have the digital copy on my iPad. Who did I loan it to then? You didn't Wait, loan it to my, me? Where's my Flashpoint? <laughs> no, I, I just, I just, I don't want to talk about this much longer. I just want to say that like, I'm just, I'm, ain't, I'm anticipated. I'm anticipating this movie quite a bit. I just, I'm You're, you're checking fearful. your expectations. I'm checking my expectations. I just don't want it. I'm just scared that it's a very, I'm scared that it's a, um, Ezra Miller led movie like I just don't love him as a flash and I don't I think it's very I think it could be interesting to see what a different director does with that character because we've only seen one yeah sure so we will see and we'll see tell me show me that trailer I mean you yourself Zach go back to the other pods your favorite part of Zack Snyder's Justice League was the flash that's true I think that so like if it's like that then like I think a movie like that could be pretty fun. Yeah, I did think that Zack Snyder handled the Flash in, in the Snyder Cut of Justice League way better than the Flash was handled previously. I really, 
Yeah. I, I really, I enjoyed him quite a bit. I think that he was really fun. Um, and hopefully that iteration of the flash lent like carries over to this new film. Um, who was the director again? Uh, Andy Muschietti, who directed the guy that it. did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, chapter okay. one and chapter two. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm very hopeful. I just, I was not, I did not for, love uh, this teaser. I just wanted a little bit more. I'm waiting for Bill Skarsgård to be announced as the reverse flash. Hey, Barry, you uh, lost your balloon. Do you want it back? We all run down here, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the we gotta move. We got to move this pot along, John. Yeah, I'm getting be- sleepy. Before we do. Psych. This episode is brought to you by Kraken. Kraken. It's because we all need a little beast. bit of Kraken yeah. to discuss the cinematic film of the year, Uncharted. Da 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 da. Da, da. Nate, Nate, no, Nate, no, John. Yeah. On October twenty first, twenty twenty one, the first official trailer for the Uncharted film, starring Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, was released. Right now, it's sitting at just over a million views on YouTube. How many uh, downvotes does it have? Well, the link that I'm watching right now is the IGN upload. It has five thousand downvotes, thirty seven thousand upvotes. 37 in a row. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me search Uncharted trailer and see if I can find the original. Uh, Sony must have put it. Oh, yeah. 9 million. There it is. Sony trailers, 9 million views. It has 181,000 upvotes and 10,000 downvotes. Should be more. It should have room for more. John. Yeah. Uncharted, Uncharted. Yep. Pour Sick some out car- for pour Sick some out for Magna. <laughs> pour some out for our boy. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. We've been re- we've been review uh, the- we've been talking <laughs> we've been talking about this this movie on news stories for the better part of two years, I'd say. Right? Yeah, yeah, easily too. Easily. This movie's been in development hell for so long, like. This movie has jumped through so many directors. The script has been passed along so many times. There was one point where, um, fuck, I'm gonna butcher this. There was a like a like a a teen heartthrob actor that was supposed to be cast as Nathan Drake that ended up like not accepting the role. There were like a lot of actors and actresses that like had come through this movie that ended up like passing on the script and like ended up like, oh, they're gonna be an Uncharted. Oh, they're not gonna be an Uncharted. Oh. Nathan Fillion's going to be in the movie and then, oh, he's not going to be in the movie or whatever. And it's like, this movie's been like bounced around forever, but this is the first official trailer. Um, We saw it. It released at like 9 a.m. Eastern time on the 21st of October. And uh, I watched it. I watched it before I had my morning cup of coffee and maybe that, maybe that swayed me a little bit, but uh, John, I I had, I had three cups of coffee by the time I watched it and it didn't make it any better. (laughs) All right, it's time to talk about Uncharted. John, what do you think about Uncharted? Um, I'm so upset. <laughs> it's 
this movie is it looks like a mess i mean they're looking for magellan's treasure i guess however they're cramming in four of the most iconic action sec pieces from the games into one movie mark Wahlberg looks awful as victor <laughs> sullivan was just terrible I think Tom Holland in a different movie could actually be pretty good as, as Nate. I don't think he's terrible in this trailer. He's not bad, but Mark Wahlberg is. And, uh, and I, so here's the things I like. Let's start there. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with positive. positive. Let's go with Tony Banderas as a villain. Yeah. 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 He looks good. Look good. Um, Nate saying, Oh crap. Before he gets hit by the red convertible. That was good. Um, a little bit of a video game homage the michael giacchino he's doing this he's doing the score i think so at the beginning looked sounded really good and then they kicked in with acdc or whatever or guns and roses zeppelin was, zeppelin whatever i love led zeppelin <laughs> <laughs> um i hated i hated so much ah, so many things when they're at the party and he's like Quit touching your ear. You look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> just like, I thought that that, uh, that gag was okay. I thought I that was okay. Like that. I did not like that part. I also don't like the. I'm friends with Sully. Oh, Sully doesn't have any friends. I should know. I'm one of them. I didn't like that either. I hated the. You're a little too young to be a bartender, aren't you? He's like, you're a little, a little too, too old, old for prom. prom. Yeah, which if they're actually at prom is extremely troubling. It's really troubling. disappointing. <laughs> but I don't think they are. I think he's just saying that because he's wearing a tuxedo. Hopefully. Um, I did not like that they went ahead and blew their load about him having a brother. Um, yeah, really, they, really if weird. If they introduce Sam weird decision in this movie too, I'm gonna walk out. <laughs> I don't care if he's played by like Tom Hardy. I'm leaving. He's not gonna be played by Tom Hardy, but he's gonna be played by a contemporary to Nathan. And some people on Reddit were saying like, "What if like this is where uh, Nolan North comes in as Sam, and he's like the older, older, older brother." And he, Nolan North is Sam Drake in like the post-credit sequence and like what the pop would be like for that. They're not that smart. Come on. They're he was on set. Smart. He was on set. He was visiting. <laughs> he did not You're, like okay. set. No, he did not like set. So there's no way he's in that movie. Yeah. He talked to, he talked to Richard McGonagall about this. He was like, I went to the movie set. He's like, it was cool, but like, I don't know. I feel like uh, we already did this, you know? It's like, <sighs> okay so here here's my review right this trailer looks so boring and that's the worst possible thing that could have happened is that uncharted one of the most you know one of the best video games of the last few few decades i mean it's an indiana jones knockoff but it twists that formula in an interesting way and it's all about characters. That's what Uncharted is. That's what Naughty Dog is. Naughty Dog is all about characters. It's about these people that you like doing things that are fun, talking, having cool, cool banter, witty banter, finding themselves in interesting situations. This trailer is nothing. This trailer is nothing. It is a wet fart. That's what this trailer is. It's characters not doing anything interesting, 
giving the facade of of these characters. And the worst thing is that they have Tom Holland dressed exactly like Nathan Drake. He's dressed exactly like him, the same necklace, the same shirt, the same gun holsters. Like they make him look exactly like Nathan Drake, but there's no, there's nothing in this that like, I actually kind of like, so I do actually think that that scene of him holding his earpiece where he's like, He's like, don't do that. It makes you look like an idiot or whatever. Like, I think that that's like some actual like Nate Sully banter I could see in the games. And then there's yeah, also the, the thing. Delivery with, is just. Yeah, it's oh, not good. I'm I just so don't like, mad. I hate Mark Wahlberg in this man so much. I This is the worst. This is the worst outcome that could have possibly happened. And, and I the actually, other thing like, I, I enjoy Mark Wahlberg in some movies, but this is not good casting at all. No. And, and the other Sullivan is like one of my favorite fictional characters. Yeah. And then the other thing, I, the other thing I kind of like is I know this might be controversial, but I like the stinger at the end of the, the trailer, the, at the end of the trailer comedy stinger with him and the, like the Scottish guy where he's like, I'm going to give you a, blah, 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 blah. and, and it's like that classic Nathan Drake is like, what? No, <laughs> like, I like, I thought that is, was like well delivered. And I was like, that seems like a Nathan Drake moment. Here's what I need to say. I think Tom Holland looks great. But he can't carry the whole thing if the plot's bad and Victor Sullivan isn't enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. However, if it makes enough money, they'll make another one. Maybe they try again. I need to ask you this: Is that um, is that like woman that they're hanging out with? You think that's Chloe? That's Chloe. Yeah, she's in the casting as Chloe. They say this, she's Chloe. What? How did I? Yeah, she's that? in the IMDb casting as Chloe. I don't think she's hot enough to be Chloe. No offense. <laughs> no shots at this woman, but like. All right, so uh, I love someone on someone so on Twitter. I forget who this was on Twitter, but they said someone someone tweeted something when this trailer came out. Twitter was lit when this trailer came out. <laughs> let me just say, but someone tweeted the fact that they were oh like, "Oh my god, she is Chloe Fraser." She's Holy Chloe Fraser. Damn it! Someone someone tweeted something when this trailer came out where they said something very apt that I a hundred percent agree with. Where they said, "Listen, we've spent." tens of 20s of 30s of hours with these characters we've played these characters we've been these characters so when you make a movie or when you do something different with these characters where you have them look different and act different it's jarring for us the people that have played it the diehards but they're not making this movie just for us they're also thinking about a general wide audience so you have to think about that aspect even with that lens on I do not think that they're doing a good job of, and it's just a trailer. The, there's been some bad trailers for movies and TV shows that I've liked, but like just looking at this as a completely surface level, I do not think this looks like a compelling uncharted story. Like, like you said, they're, they're doing something really bizarre where they seem to be they seem to be mashing in elements from one, two, three, and four into this movie. And the, the trailer, the official trailer on Sony's picture, like the Sony movies picture trailer thing ends with an advertisement for Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, where you can clearly see the Nolan North... <laughs> 30 plus 40 year old version of Nathan Drake. And I'm like, is this the wisest move? I don't know. Do you think this movie could be good? 
I think there's a chance. Do you think, do you think they're can... marketing it bad and it's actually like kind of fun? So here's the thing: is that like this? If it's like a t- National Treasure esque like adventure romp. But even National, here's the thing: is that I saw a lot of people comparing this to National Treasure. National Treasure has camp. National yeah. Treasure is campy. It has Jonathan Bernth or not Bernthal. What's that guy's name? Nick Cage, Sean Bean. Nick Cage and who's the who's Riley? Oh, uh, Justin Barthol. Justin Justin Barthol. Yeah, Justin, Justin Barthol. Justin yeah. Barthol. It has Barthol. those guys chewing the scenery and being funny and and like hilarious. I mean, Riley, I brought you. You look like an idiot. I brought you to the National Library of Congress. Why? Because it's the biggest library in the world. So he's gonna be like Nate. <laughs> I brought you to the South Pacific. Why? <laughs> Because it's the treasure hunting capital of the world. Like, there's the scene in National Treasure where he's like, do you know what they keep in the preservation room? And he goes, delicious jams and jellies. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I've seen National Treasure. That's not going to be in this movie. There's not going to be anything be. like, I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be anything like that in this movie where there's like witty back and forth. I think it's going to be very surface level. Like, you saw it in the trailer, it's, don't you look a little old to be a bartender? Young to be a bartender? Don't you look a little bit old for prom? It's like it's, it's going to be that kind of banter. So, I'm hoping that the actual movie, their banter is much better than what they showed. However, I think, I think this trailer was trying too hard to show the video game fans that like look at this cool looking movie, whereas they should have been trying to set up the story of like why this is different. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree that they're, I don't think that any part of this trailer is trying to service people from the video games because there's certain things in this that you can, that people from the video games will see like, oh, that's something that I know. Like the the airplane sequence, that's the big cliffhanger the of the trailer. Ship. Or the pirate ship, right. But there's like that, the airplane sequence where he falls out and he's like climbing up the luggage. Like that's an exciting action, the act, exciting action sequence for people that don't know what Uncharted is. But for us, we're like, oh, I remember playing that in, in Among Thieves or uh, Drake's Deception or whatever. But like this trailer is, they, they have to market it to a, a wider audience. So like, I just don't know if how much of the rest of the movie is going to be like that or if it's just going to be generic, boring action romp. I don't know. Beats me, man. I don't know. I just think that this this trailer I mean, is such a you and I we we gotta go to Gateway for this one. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I just I mean, this trailer just bums me out, man. Like I just you, this is such waste of potential. Movie? Are you gonna venom this movie? No, I'm not it? gonna venom this movie because I don't think this movie's gonna be like. I don't think this movie's gonna be offensive. I think it's just gonna be boring. Okay. See, I think it's gonna be disappointing okay and i hope i'm wrong i hope we see this and we're like you know what tom holland pretty cool pretty cool as nathan drake (laughs) keep them coming maybe mark Wahlberg has a mustache by the end and it's not that bad dude the first the first 40 seconds of the trailer is mark Wahlberg in a in a wife beater (laughs) what the fuck that what seems like something. Fuck? I mean, Sully wears white beaters under like uh, tropical shirts all the time. It looked to me like they're trying to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is... 
The it casting just, is the casting is bad. Let's just move on. It's already it's only, it's almost midnight. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. I just, I'll end it with this. I'll just say like this trailer. This trailer ruined my week, and uh, <laughs> and then you saw Dune, and then I saw Dune. Yeah. I just think that like you know of all the outcomes we could have gotten for the Uncharted movie, this is just not what I would have wanted. And you said it the best. You so John John Swansong Parker texted our group chat and he said, "At Sony, you fucked up." Where you could have had paraphrase me because I'm an or forgive me if I'm going to paraphrase you, but you said something along the lines of, "Sony, you fucked up because you could have had the next Indiana Jones of like four or five movies for the next ten years, but you ended up deciding to cram four move four video games into one movie." And totally flubbed this, like just totally based on the trailer. But like, I kind of agree with you. Like, this move, this trailer is not getting good engagement online. Like, I mean, it's gonna like, be all flash and no substance for sure. I think it's gonna be like Tomb Raider. Like, did you ever see the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like that. Like, it's gonna be like a. It was okay. It was It was fine. But Alicia like, it's Vikander. not beautiful she is beautiful but it's like that's not gonna run a franchise she should have been chloe that'd have been perfect you fuck with that yeah so yeah I'm i just think that, that i mean i'm glad elena is not in this movie that's kind of cool they i bet she's cool. in i bet she's the end credits teaser along with There's, sully's mustache it's just like it's just him like uh, no straight up straight up i bet the end of the movie is him like growing out the facial hair and he looks to nate and they're flying on a plane and he's like He's like, I think I might let it grow out a little bit, kid. What do you think? And he's like, ah, I think it might make you look old. And he goes, ah, what do you know? That's, that's that better not happen. If that's ha- that's bad writing right there. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. All right, drink bet that that does not happen. Drink bet. Hey, drink bet. Seriously, drink okay. bet is that the post credit sequence or like the right before the credit sequence is Sully telling Nate that he's going to grow out the mustache. That's that's your drink bet. That's my drink bet. So if it's anything else, I get a drink. Sure. Deal. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> okay. Well, we should move You're on talking to... to the guy that knew Luke Skywalker was going to come back in the Mandalorian. That's true. That's like my one best drink bet ever. <laughs> that was a good drink bet. I usually lose everything bet. else. Um yeah, let's keep moving this this along. Yeah, so we're uh, we're moving late. Uh, we're, we're we're burning the candle from both ends now. Yeah, it's fine. Hey, uh, John, did you watch Squid Game? No, I didn't. Don't spoil it. I will watch it eventually. It's good. I was too busy watching Knives Out and reading Dune and playing Red Dead Redemption and seeing <laughs> Dune and seeing Bond. John had a good week. Can can the radio video week. audience give him a round of applause for consuming new content? Lots of new content. And I watched Clue, the 1985 classic. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, Tim Curry movie. Uh, yeah, Squid Game. Uh, it's interesting. I'll Insanely just say that. Insanely popular. Insanely popular. Insanely popular. I Nobody found seems it... to enjoy it, though. They're just kind of like sheepling it and watching it because other people have watched it. I enjoyed it. You some kind of sick maniac that likes watching people die. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I loved how dystopian it was. Like, I like, I sure. love a good feel bad movie, and that's kind of what this was. 
Um, I just like to feel something. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Green Knight, like recently. I like the Green Knight, the Green Knight a lot with Deb Patel. It's a good feel bad movie. It's like, you know, watching characters that are doing terribly wallow in self pity and do yeah. terrible things. Like, I don't know. It was very cool, very dystopian. It made me think about like what Michael Richard would be like as a dictator. And that's what Squid Game is. Um, <laughs> Michael Richard's like hitched now. I mean, he might be a different guy entirely. Yeah, Michael Richard is hitched. Hey, Michael Richard, shout out. He's watching The Bachelor right now because he's too busy to play Call of Duty. Michael Richard. Shaq whips. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Squid Game. Good. Watch it dubbed. Um, I did not like the uh, or watch it subbed. Sorry. I did not like the English dub. I thought that was a really bad, really funny. Nobody likes it, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Not very good at all. But yeah, biggest, biggest Netflix series launch in history with 111 million subscribers tuning in. So uh, undoubtedly a hit. Very interesting yeah. to me. Um, first story. We're going to go to news flashpoint here and we're going to run through these really quickly because I know John wants to get to bed. Uh, Hayden Christensen's coming back for Ahsoka. John thoughts. Hell yeah, baby. Let's do it. Let's just get him back in there. Oh, do you have any, so what is, what is this role going to look like? Because I've already talked to you about what my, sorry, or, or a ghost. Don't fucking cut me off on my show. My show. Fucking I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh we talked about this before about my thought for the Obi-Wan show is that it's going to be um force projection stuff. You think yeah. it's gonna be flashbacks. Wait, you think he's gonna force projection in Obi-Wan? In the Obi-Wan show, I think that he is not going to be Vader. I think he's going to be Anakin Skywalker. In flashbacks. In flashbacks. Okay, I think he's going to be both in the Obi-Wan show. Um, I do not think he will be Vader. I do not think Hayden Christensen will be in the Vader costume or suit up as Vader. That's my prediction. All right, I think you're wrong. Um, In the Ahsoka show, he's going to be a ghost. What does that mean? Because he's already dead by the time the Ahsoka show takes place. But isn't Ahsoka... And those characters need closure. Isn't Ahsoka in Clone Wars, like, doesn't she fight? Isn't Vader alive in the Ahsoka show? In, no, in the, Clone Ahsoka Wars? Show, the Ahsoka show is, at, is um, after Mandalorian season two, which is five years after Return of the Jedi, which means that Vader's dead. Isn't Ahsoka introduced in the Clone Wars show when Hayden Christian, when Anakin Skywalker is still alive? Right, but she's a child and Rosario Dawson can't play the child version. So, I mean, he could be, a, he could be in flashbacks too. But they would have to cast the younger Ahsoka. Zendaya. See, I'd go Zoe Kravitz. Tomato, oh, yeah. tomato. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just I think, don't. Here's my, I think here's my thing. I, think and I might a, lose I a drink bet a for this. I might for lose sure. every drink bet in the world for this. But I do not think Hayden Christensen suits up as Darth Vader for anything. And I don't think that he used James Earl Jones. Like, isn't James Earl Jones like. He's not dead, right? He's alive. He's alive. Yeah. I Vader. Vader is going to be in the Obi Wan show. That's my drink bet with you. I take that. I'll take that drink bet for sure. I Vader is not in the Obi Wan show. He's too bankable of a character. They'll figure it out. <sighs> Star Wars, man. I just don't know Star Wars. Can't pick nope. it. Nope. 
nope, this is, this is my turf, baby. Yeah. Are you excited about the Ahsoka show? Yes. And I'm excited that he's in it because I really want those characters to have closure because you don't watch the cartoons, but the last time that Ahsoka ran into Anakin Skywalker, he was Darth Vader and they almost fought to the death and they both almost killed each other in this awesome duel. And that's the last time they've both spoken to each other. And that's, that's his former apprentice. I would love for them to have some closure with him as a ghost. And so you think like guiding her, you think the Ahsoka show takes place after Mando season two, where we see I know her. it does. I know it does. They've announced that already. Really? She's looking, she's looking for Ezra Bridger and, uh, She's going to be fighting Grand Admiral Thrawn. It's a continuation of the Rebels storyline. Shadow of the Empire? Next. <laughs> uh, Marvel of the Studios. Empire is uh, in between episodes five and six. Buddy. All right. Yeah. Next it's up. It's a video game. Marvel Studios Hawkeye. We finally got the official trailer. John, what did you I think? Thought we, I thought we talked about this last episode. Did we? Yeah. It's the the, oh, the, the, the the Die Hard trailer. Righty then. We'll skip on past that to Timothy Chalamet as Wonka. <laughs> Boy, does he look scrum diddly umptious, doesn't he, folks? You need nothing. You lose, sir. Good day. I, um, I, okay. So he looks cool. Sure. Does I he? really, they need to stop <laughs> doing this, man. Like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. It's a and perfect they are, movie. They're just like spitting on Gene Wilder's grave every time they do this by yes. recasting somebody to be Willy Wonka. That's his character. That's yes. going to be like, I mean, I know they'll do it eventually. I'm trying to think of a good example. Johnny Depp. No, I mean like of recasting a character that you just like, you can't do it. It's like recasting oh. like Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind or something like that. It's like know. if you try to recast Gandalf. <laughs> There, that's great. That's a great example. Yeah. Like somebody that like, that is their role to have. I mean, it, people are going to have problems when they recast Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man if they ever do that again. So They'll never be able to do that. They will never recast Tony Stark, I feel like, in the MCU version. Maybe like in 80, 100 years when we're dead in the ground. But like... I mean, that I just agree made me you. really sad. What, what that we're gonna be that we're not gonna live to see all of the MCU because they they won't stop. Yeah, think I can't about that, stop, stop. Think stop. about that. Like that's your favorite franchise, Zach. Are you okay with the fact that they're gonna make them after you're dead? Because I'm not cool with them doing that with like a lot of my favorite things. What if The Last of Us Part Five comes out and I'm already dead? <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I think that this is, you know, I'm curious to see what this the tone of this trailer is like. But remember, is in, it a prequel? Uh, yes, it's a prequel. And remember in the. I don't even want to sugarcoat this. The abortion that was the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka movie. Mm-hmm. Remember how it. they like they briefly touched on the origins of Willy Wonka in that movie where he's like in the 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 uh the jungle the jungle and he, he's saving the chumbawambas what what's he doing Oompa Loompas. Oompa Loompas. <laughs> i couldn't remember what they were called he's saving the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's saving the Oompa Loompas. I was like, how terrible is that? That's that shit sucks, dude. That that Johnny Depp Willy Wonka movie is terrible. Is that worse than Black Mana and Aquaman? Worse, way worse. Thank you. Let's go, baby. <laughs> there's, dude, there's not even a comparison. That Johnny Depp Willy Wonka movie is one of the worst things ever made. Daddy, I want a squirrel. Get me a squirrel. Yeah, that movie sucks. Fucking kill me. Fucking, fucking. Although it, kill it me. has quite possibly the most used movie line in our friend group, which is Good morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. That's in that movie? Yeah. What? <laughs> when? Uh, I don't remember. Johnny Depp says it though. That's not from that movie specifically. Yeah, it is. He's like, "Good what? morning, starshine." The Earth says hello. Yeah, it's like really weird. Look it up. But that's a song. That's a that's a classic like song. What song? Good morning, starshine. The Earth says hello. Who sings it? You're making this up. You're fucking dude. All right, we're going off on tension. This is happening. I'm Good changing my name from Duncan, name Idaho to Oompa Or actually, wait, what'd you say? Chumbawamba? Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. That's my name now. <laughs> the Chumbawambas. That was your best, like, goof ever. I tried. Yeah. Uh, I gotta be really honest with you. I'm really scared because most of the Google results are saying Willy Wonka, and this is really bothering me. I'm telling you, man. Oh, no. I can't in good conscience ever <laughs> say this line ever again. I thought that that was like a that was like an old like pop song, like an Elton John song. No, oh, you're, no. In de- you're in denial. This is actually like what denial looks like. I'm watching it happen in front of me. I'm just <laughs> going to show I'm going to show my little pig boy video. <laughs> Come here, piggy. Hey, piggy. So let's talk Uh, about christopher nolan yeah can't talk about this anymore um yeah so cillian murphy is confirmed to star as j robert oppenheimer in christopher nolan's next film at universal the film is scheduled to come out in 2023 it's about the creation of the atomic bomb john are you excited about watching a christopher nolan movie about the creation of the atomic bomb no yeah me neither here's the thing we've talked about this a long time ago when we were talking about tenant like five times last year i think i'm kind of done with christopher nolan he's doing these really weird premises that i'm not on board for zach's taking a big drag right now as he listens to this horrible take of mine keep going keep going but uh no I'm, i mean like the last in the last movie that i saw that i really liked that he made was interstellar so like I wasn't huge on Dunkirk and I haven't seen Tenet. So I know that's only two of them, but like, I don't know. He's just not exciting me anymore. And I think he's doing Christopher Nolan stuff just for Christopher Nolan's sake. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think but also uh, like, I don't like, I don't like nuclear bombs. They kind of <laughs> freak me out a little bit. and I don't really want to learn about it any more than I have to. I mean, here's, here's the thing is that I like, I like Christopher Nolan as a director. I really like Cillian Murphy. Uh, Emily Blunt is also in this movie. Uh, she's confirmed to star opposite Cillian Murphy. So I think it's going to be a good cast. I think it's going to be an interesting film, but I have no doubt it's going to be a well-made movie. Yes. They that's also intrigue. They don't intrigue me anymore. 
that's what I said about Dunkirk. And I didn't like, I think Dunkirk is his worst movie because I think it's so boring. But you like Tenet. Tenet is, I think, one of his better movies because I think it has such a unique style, which some of his other movies don't. I do like John David Washington, to be fair. Yes, I think Tenet, it it bothers, I'm just going to say it straight up, it bothers me that you haven't seen it yet because it is very good. And I'll uh, make a deal with you. I'll watch it before Thanksgiving. How's that sound? I mean, I don't care whenever you watch it. When you watch I'm gonna, it, you no, watch no, it. no, I'm gonna do it. If you watch The Irishman, I'm I mean, if, hey, if you want to come to Cincinnati, if you, hey, if you come to Cincinnati for a weekend, we'll do a double feature. We'll do Tenet and then The Irishman. Right? <laughs> we'll do a double. I would feature. rather, I'd rather cut my wrists. Um, <laughs> actually, we can talk about this off air. But can I stay with you while I'm driving down to my family for Thanksgiving? Yeah, totally. All right, cool. We'll talk. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I like Tenet a lot. I think Tenet was a really great movie. I think it was very unique and fascinating and reminded me of the in, the inception level of storytelling that Christopher Nolan's capable of. And Dunkirk was, I think, a huge step back where I think that the movie is impeccably made. It was just a subject matter that I could give a fuck about. And the creation of the atom bomb and J. Robert Oppenheimer, I just don't, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Maybe. I bet you it's got time travel. Well, that's the thing is that like, that was what I was hoping for. And, and I know this sounds insensitive because it's a war movie, but for the entirety of Dunkirk, I was waiting for some kind of twist. And I know that that's selfish of me, but I was like, the twist was just the the fact that it was happening in three different timelines. Yeah, yeah that was the twist. But me in the theater, I was like, when's this going to, when's the Christopher Nolan coming in, baby? When are we going to get the fucking, the, tw- the, like the, the, uh, the Tarantino twist on history sort of thing. When's that coming? But it never did. But Tenet, gave me those sort of Christopher Nolan feelings. And uh, I really hope that this movie is maybe taking some more artistic liberties than just a classic uh, non-fiction historical recount. Okay. Is Killian Murphy in uh, Tenet? Is he in Tenet? I don't think he's in Tenet. I don't think he's he's in Tenet. He's not in all of his movies. No, I don't. I do not think he's in in it. Yes, Michael Caine is in it. For five minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's they, how long he was in. Uh, was he in Interstellar? Yeah, he was in that for like five minutes too. I filed you, Muff. God. I filed you. Muff. Muff. Master Wayne. All right. Dude, Interstellar is a fucking. That movie's great. Jack me off, Daddy. Jack me off, Daddy Nolan. Don't right. leave me alone here, Murph. Don't let me leave like this, Murph. Dude, Interstellar has one of the most emotional scenes. Uh, talk about, that should be a pod, is top five, top 10 emotional scenes in movies because the scene of Matthew McConaughey watching his kids grow up on the fucking video feed when he comes out of cryo sleep. I cry every time. Every time. I'm a, I'm a weeping baby. Really? Oh, yeah. When the sun is like spiraling around him and he's watching like his kids grow up and then his kid is like, he had a baby and then he's like, well, he didn't survive or whatever. The dust got him or and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Casey Affleck's a real downer in that movie. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real downer in real life. Oh my <laughs> God. Have, have you seen Manchester by the sea? Talk about a downer. No. Have you seen ghost story? Nope. You talk told about me a, about this though. Talk it's about a downer up. there too. Sounds fucked. Yeah. That's a fucked up movie. So um, the end of the Spider-Verse sequel is called Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Sounds so, cool. 
into the spider verse number two across the spider verse um apparently so this sounds movie like they go into the spider verse real so when the movie when the first movie came out there was room the, the direct not the director but the writer of the movie i think said that um the sequel was going to talk was going to feature more dive deeper into the relationship between Peter, between Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. But apparently the sequel does not have, um, um, f- fuck, forgive me. The, Haley the Steinfeld. lead guy. No, 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 no. The directors. Miles? No, the director. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes. Phil Lord and Chris Miller are not attached to the sequel at all, which worries me quite a bit. Yeah, me too. But Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best comic book movies ever made. <laughs> so Top 10, definitely. Yeah, so I'm excited but nervous about what this movie has to hold. Give me that Oscar Isaac, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Spider-Man 2066 or whatever, 20XCX. Yep. Um, all right. 2099. 2099, there it is. Thank you. All right, we're, we're coming close. We're coming close. We're running into the, the end zone here. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Will Poulter is going to be playing Adam Warlock in the next installment of the Marvel franchise. John, do you have any connection to Will Poulter? He's in Midsommar. He is. He's like the shitty boyfriend, right? No, he's like the douchebag friend that like pees on the sacred tree and they cut his face off. Yeah. Yeah. I know him from the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh my God, he's in that movie too. He is in the Chronicles of Narnia. He's also Wait, in Where the which Millers. Which one is he in? I think he's in the first one. I thought he was in the first no, one. He's not in the first one. I think is he Prince Caspian? No, because that's uh, that's the guy who's in The Punisher. I think he's in the one I didn't see. I only saw the first Narnia. Oh. Too much oh. Jesus for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus is a lion. Um, <laughs> Jesus is a lion played by w- w- uh, Liam Neeson. Here's the thing. Adam Warlock in the comics was created to uh, help what helped to turn the tide against Thanos in the Infinity War. He is used to scrub in the Voyage of the Dawn. Okay. Yeah, I know Eustace. Um, so I don't know what Adam Warlock's role is going to be in the MCU going forward, but we'll see. Well, can you tell me at all, who is Adam Warlock? Are you excited about him as Adam Warlock? Because I know a lot of people were super were excited about him now? seeing this cocoon. He's like... Um, He's like the ringleader that goes to Earth and gets all the, the Avengers together to fight Thanos in the Infinity War in the comics, which that already happened. So I don't know what he's going <laughs> to do. So he just shows up late gonna, and he's like, hey, we got to fight Thanos. I don't know he's what like, he's going to do like, oh, he's already dead, he was bro. Like, He's like made from the soul gem. So I don't know what he's going to do now. So okay. maybe, he's from, maybe, maybe there's some more Vormir stuff, I guess. I guess we can watch more of that. Sure. I mean, I'm here for Guardians 3, man. I mean, I love oh, yeah, of course. James sure, Gunn forever, man. I'm sure James Gunn will find something funny to do with him, but I don't know what his implications will be going forward. So, All right. Next up, we don't have to spend too much time on this. John, did you watch the trailer for Licorice Pizza? Yeah, PTA, baby. Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, the big thing for this for me is, uh, selfishly, is uh, do you, have you ever listened to the band Heim? So Haim is a three-piece girl rock band that came to popularity in the late 2000s. And um, I believe her name is Alana Haim. She is one of the 
band members of this group, but she also is a, she directs a lot of their music videos and she's one of the lead, she's the lead actress in the licorice pizza trailer. Um, she's like the love interest, I guess. She seems like the lead, the lead girl in the movie. Um, I like Paul Thomas Anderson movies quite a bit. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious to see what this movie is like. I just, I, I'm curious to know about this, this actress because she's a famous musician. She's a favorite musician of mine. I like the band Heim quite a bit. Um, what did you, what did you think about this trailer at all? Did you think about it? I mean, it? I think Paul Thomas Anderson's a very talented director, so it looks really cool and it's got a great ensemble, but I have no idea what it's really about. Did you see, um, Did you see the movie with Joaquin Phoenix that he directed, Inherent Vice? Nope. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting movie. I think the last Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I've watched, not the most recent one, I didn't watch Phantom Thread. Yeah, I it didn't might, watch that one either. It honestly, it might, I think like one of the only PTA movies I've seen is probably like Boogie Nights and Magnolia. Who Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights oh, is man. great. Yeah. Heather Graham. Let's go. Heather Graham. Come on, baby. Heather Graham, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett is officially premiering on December 29, 2021. We just missed this after our last episode. This news went live yeah. like a day or two after. Yeah. Um, sooner than we would have expected, at least sooner than I would have expected. Well, last year it said December 2021, so they kept their promise by two days. Yes. <laughs> how many are you expect how how long are you expecting this to be are you expecting this to be a full-fledged like eight ten episode series no, i think or? it'll be i think it'll be like falcon and loki i think it'll be six are you excited i am i know you're not but i'm excited i think the the cool thing about this show is it continues to dive into one of my favorite parts of the Star Wars universe, which is the underworld of all the crime syndicates. So sure. I'm just kind of excited to see what they do with that in a post uh, post job of the hut world. So. Okay. Well, I don't know if we need and to spend I too much. And I love Migna Wen's character and I'm excited that she's a part of it too. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much time we need to spend on the next two, but uh, WandaVision spinoff is apparently coming uh with Catherine Catherine Han so an Agatha spinoff John do you so so this, is weird. this is weird to me WandaVision is a spinoff of the MCU <laughs> Marvel movies and this is a spinoff of a spinoff so it's spinoffception I gotta ask you this sec I mean we're, we're both gonna watch this but oh yeah of course at what point does it become too much it when becomes every- too much when they start making bad shit Okay. So far, Marvel has only made a few bad movies. What do you think? Or two. Iron Man 3. Even Iron Man 3 is not like bad, but like as soon as they start making bad shit, that's when I'll I'll boycott. Okay. That's all I gotta say. I like I don't I I I knew Catherine Hans gonna... awesome. I knew she was going to come back. I just would have preferred that she came back in like a movie as a villain, as opposed exactly. to the hero of her own show. But that's, I mean, it could that's... be like an origin thing where maybe it's like a three or four episode got that, thing. Though. Yeah, I, mean, I, know. We already, I know. We already got what we needed. This I is going to be her breaking out of Westview and then causing mayhem in a post Loki world. 
I guess. And then setting her up as a big villain for something else. Yeah. How many big villains are they going to have? We don't, we still don't really know who it is. But Kang the Conqueror, baby. I mean, I hope that's who it is, but they, I mean, we've talked about this on the Shang-Chi review. Like we're not entirely sure if that's the same thing that they're pointing towards. So, and we haven't seen the Eternals yet. And apparently the post-credit for the Eternals is like mind blowing. Yeah. Here's the thing, man, is that like we did, I didn't bring this up as a news article, but uh, the Eternals reviews came out. I'm sure did you, so you looked at some of them. I'm so scared right now. Like I'm trying to avoid everything because I'm worried that they're going to introduce some big shit. Like, and I'm worried it's going to be mutants related. I think it's going to be the inhumans. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Which we'll is see. a sect of the mutants. I'm so excited for, I'm so excited me for Eternals, a, man. I can't a, wait for that movie. I'm calling it now. Give me Keanu Reeves as King Black Bolt of the Inhumans. <laughs> Let's go. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, uh, Marvel's Eternals. That's like the next, is that the next big movie for us? I guess that's the next big one, right? Yeah, it's uh, next weekend. That's next weekend? No, wait, two weekends. Sorry. No, it's like December. I think it's the first week of December. It's like November 5th, bro. It's so soon. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Eternals. All right. I'm going to skip about house of the dragon. No, I'm going to skip it because I don't give a fuck. Do you care? Not really. Yeah. Me neither. Superman news. You wanted me to put this on the docket. Tell me about Superman, John. So there's two things that have come out recently. I don't know if you saw this, but um, in the comic books, Jonathan Kent is the son of Lois Lane and Clark Kent. And he's been around for probably like the last five years in terms of popularity and, and in his own books. But um dc has announced that that character will be coming out of the closet as bisexual and is dating um is dating someone who is very similar to lois lane it's like this young um teenage boy hacking protege who actually might be non-binary i can't remember based off of the article but yeah kind of big news um a lot of assholes out there were freaking out about it and it's like listen like if you want your white bread heterosexual Superman, he's still around. His name's Clark Kent. Yeah. Um, but this is, I think this is something cool that is a, a Jonathan Kent is a very popular comic book character. Um, so I'm kind of happy that they did something exciting with him because he's currently the flagship of the Superman title. And then Clark Kent is the Superman for the action comics title. So there's two books right now. Um, so that's pretty cool. The other thing was uh, they're changing Superman Clark Kent's slogan from truth, justice and the American way to truth, justice and for a better tomorrow. Yeah, I saw this because the copyright ran out for truth, justice and the American way. Oh, that's why and they. Yeah, but also political reasons, because this is a whole can of worms that we're not going to dive into <laughs> on this pod. But what is the American way anymore? No Who reasons. fucking knows? No. But yeah, I just thought we should bring that up considering that we talk about Superman every now and then on this pod. No, I think that that's cool. I mean, um, I mean, I like it. I, I think for the a better idea tomorrow of... is cool because Superman in the comics has been the man of tomorrow since like 1950. So it still fits into the character pretty well, I think. Yeah. And Have if you, you don't been... like it, go back and read the last 80 years of Superman books. Have you been reading the recent like john kent stuff and superman i mean like are you enjoying I, um, all this stuff? trimmed on, i trimmed on my budget a little bit i bought the first issue of the jonathan kent book for a collector purpose to sell it one day so i have a first printing of his self-titled book which now that he came out as by 
through the roof, baby. Let's go. <laughs> LGBT fam. What up? Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, I have not been reading it week to week, but I've heard really good things. It's written by Tom Taylor, who's a pretty, um, pretty well composed comic book writer. Yeah. Well, I think this is, I mean, just giving my non-comic book superficial stance. Like I think this is, I mean, it's cool. I mean, yeah. obviously love seeing diversity in this, in the comic book world. I think this is a very bold way to go with the character and, you know, and Wonder, the Woman's been, Wonder Woman's been bisexual for like 10 years and nobody freaked out about that because she was a woman. So um, they were like, oh, hell yeah. She wants to eat some cheetah pussy. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, I guess the last comic thing that we can end on to is uh, the last week Wonder Woman turned 80 years old and the 80th anniversary book came out 100 pages. I went out and bought mine. So shout Did out. You to put you. that shit behind glass yet? No, I haven't even read it yet, but pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's like the last one they have, you know, because they've been doing those for the last three years. So Superman turned 80 and then Batman and the Joker and Flash and Green Lantern. And they did, they did Aquaman and Green Arrow this year and Wonder Woman was the last one. So I don't think they have any other popular characters that have been around since 1940. So, yeah. Maybe Hawkman. <laughs> Maybe bird person. Yep. Anyway, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, we should wrap it up. But good show, John. This is beefy. a beefy motherfucker. I appreciate your uh, your stamina. You're always some people, you're always some so people st- call this the Dune of Radiovania. Yes. Yeah, so it's like the Dune of Radiovania. So you have to really get invested. It's best to see this episode of Radiovania in IMAX. We'll be doing a Village Road show. Uh, that'd be pretty cool yeah we go city to city just airing episode 88 um you get a little booklet a little pamphlet each page is a disappoint each page is a different disappointment about the uncharted trailer touching you you look like an idiot i'm victor sullivan i'm the guy (laughs) who does his job you must be the other guy and we didn't even talk about the behind the scenes video that we shared that you shared to me or is like (laughs) Mark Wahlberg just sounds like he wants to fucking like he's like he's like he's in the second Prozac of the day. <laughs> hey, whatever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode eighty-eight of Radio Vania, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment. Jesus, this is episode eighty-eight of Radio Vania, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us at www.radiovania.com. That's all of our old episodes, or you can go to radiovaniashow at gmail.com to submit your questions comments and concerns while john just does a big old cat yawn he's gonna go he's gonna go hope, hug ted for me i know i can't wait to he's gonna just give ted a big old bear hug um, you can tweet the show at radiovania please tweet us your questions comments and concerns please email us your questions comments and concerns we will read anything that you send to that email box and i mean anything as long as it's not racist or fucking homophobic or whatever, send it to the inbox. We'll read it on the show. I promise. I promise. I promise. John, the next time that we're going to get together, I mean, you said Eternals is coming up, so that might be the next big thing. I mean, other than that, like, the, the I mean, we're at the, we're winding down the spooky season of the year, so like, we're coming up on Eternals, No Way From Home, like, like, lots of stuff in the last half of the year, but like, we got some big things happening the rest of 2021. 
Hell yeah. So from all of us here at Radiovania, thank you all for joining us. John, can you give me a video game Uncharted quote to end this episode? To give me a better taste in my mouth as I go to bed. Well, I'll be go to hell. Until goddamn Dorado. Dorado. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody.